This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534 and the Marshall Tucker Band on Rock 102. Couple of dry days on tap. Uh, sunny to partly cloudy today. A high of only 65. They're, they're warm, and, or rather they're dry, but they're a little cool. Uh, normal high right now is 70. Sun and clouds tomorrow and a high of 61. It is uh, 47 now in downtown Springfield. Man, what a show today. What a show today. What do you got? No, I was asking you what's going on in the show uh, today. Yeah, I got nothing. I got, uh, we're in trouble. Well, no, I mean, we'll, maybe we'll come up with stuff. I mean, it's, I, don't I mean, know. yesterday we spent 15 minutes on whose job it is to put water in the fridge. That's true, too. And that was probably the best thing we had done in weeks. It is. It's probably the highest thing being listened to on our uh, podcast. I listened to it four times yesterday mm-hmm. just to remind myself why I still do this. Yeah. That gave me all the incentive I need. We'll figure something out. It's 535 in Rock 102. Save yourself 30% on all things in the Pioneer Valley. Restaurants, outdoor activities, oil changes, dog washes, and more. Go to rock102.com and pick up something to make your life better at our Shop 30 store. Join the ALS Association. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and Eddie Money on Rock 102. Wasn't I just saying yesterday that I wish we played more Eddie Money? I, uh, I'm i afraid what happens when you play it early is you mm. set the bar very, very high. So yeah. almost like the rest of the show seems like a letdown. Well, well we, I don't believe I ever said that anyway. We should play Baby Hold On right after this. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Now you imagine that, Steve? Now you're talking... Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve and Nagel of Rock 102? Hey, 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 who's going to give some sex offender advice today? (laughs) (laughs) Lieutenant Jim Albert? Bill Cosby has gone from being a bad guy to being a bad guy who roots for other bad guys. TMZ caught up with Bill's rep, Andrew Wyatt, and he says that Bill believes that R. Kelly was railroaded. Oh, railroaded. Wyatt says that what happened to Cosby and R. Kelly was, quote, an assault on successful black men who are doing great things. Mm -hmm. He added that attorney Gloria Allred, who has represented victims in numerous sexual misconduct cases, uh, only goes after, quote, black men who have money and success. Or people who are guilty. Uh, or I'm not necessarily upon racial lines. Have or, a tremendous amount of evidence against them. Yes, with loads and loads of testimony. You see, what you did wrong was, you know, you did the whole things when you tied the people up in the rooms and stuff. You just got to knock them out for a while. That's all you got to do. And you didn't put the you didn't put the pudding pop into the meat. <laughs> yeah, right. That's. <laughs> Things would have been very different if he had followed that advice. He also it, says Stuart Weldon's probably in this. Oh, yeah, from, yeah right. Okay. <laughs> that man. <laughs> Despite the fact he's about to plead guilty, <laughs> he's railroaded too. Uh, the prank war between Nick Cannon and Kevin Hart continues. Oh, boy. First, Nick sent Kevin a llama for his birthday, so Kevin retaliated by putting Nick's actual phone number on billboards that said, quote, for any advice on fatherhood, call my best friend Nick Cannon. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this, all, this all started after uh, this the weather kid left 22? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah, he went to, you know, he went to Texas and... Uh, yeah, he went to Austin. Yeah. Yeah. And no, then, no, uh, no, that's that's Bannon. Oh, huh? oh. What? That's uh, Bannon. Oh, Nick Bannon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah, Nick right. Cannon. I was thinking of the big uh, fat guy, uh, private private detective no, with no, 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 thirty-eight you're, caliber. You're thinking of Cannon. <laughs> you're thinking of the, the woman who I believe at one point uh, was married to Cary Grant. Diane Cannon. Uh, no, you're thinking of Diane Cannon. No, you're thinking of that movie with Gene Hackman. Cannonball Run. Uh, uh, no, that was what? Cannonball Run. Gene Hackman? That, that was, That's the biggest yeah. name? That was uh, Burt oh, Reynolds. Oh, Loose Cannon. I'm looking at Loose Cannon. Loose yeah, Cannon. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Loose yeah, Cannon. Right. All right. That, that That's run. all right. We needed to stop that anyway. We were being railroaded. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, n- Nick seriously upped the ante, though, by finding Kevin's private Learjet and putting a giant image of his face on it. Oh, my God. That's it funny. It also just happened to be an ad for Nick's new talk show, Nick Cannon, and it included the uh, phrase, Kevin rides the cannon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is there no end to the hijinks yeah. of these two fellas? Uh, I, I hope not. Kevin actually appeared as the first guest on Nick's show where he admitted defeat, and he goes, for now, it says, it feels like I've lost. This is how it feels, Nick. It feels like... You had one in the hole and you saved it. This is genius. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, you like you know, one ready to go. Oh, I see. But he also warned Nick, "quote Oh, you've got quite the doozy coming, buddy." Mm. Yeah, because uh, you know, rich guys pranking each other. Yeah, funny as hell. Hey, I spent ten thousand dollars on a llama for you. That's you'll be talking about that for a while. Uh, Jennifer Tilly didn't want to be Tiffany in The Bride of Chucky at first because, quote, I just came off of Bullets Over Broadway, an Oscar nomination, and I thought I was going to be like Dame Judi Dench or something. You mean getting really good roles? Yeah, I guess so. Instead of being asked to play a uh, girlfriend of a murderous puppet? Well, I mean, uh, does, doesn't everybody uh, aspire to be the girlfriend of a murderous puppet? Nah, probably not. Definitely not Judy Dench. But she's also Bonnie on The Family. I know, I know. Which means she was pretty much relegated to only voiceover work. Yeah, these people would like well, complain gonna, about things. What are you going to do? Next Monday night, Britney Spears uh, is on Dancing with the Stars. Obviously, everyone's dancing to a Britney song because why not exploit her, you know? She's not a contestant. While sending the message that you're against exploiting her. She's not a contestant? She's not a contestant. No, she's just there because of dancing to oh, her song. Oh, she's just there? She, that Is that what did, you're saying? Yeah, but that didn't make it. No, he's the, asking if that's what you're saying, Steve. He's not making I'm asking for clarification. That's. Yeah, it says she's is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Okay, all so right. I don't know if that means she's a contestant or not. It's a little ambiguous. It's also a little late. Hasn't the season already started? A little, uh, a little late to be adding well, a replacement dancer. She was a little busy over the last couple of seasons. Well, then maybe she waits for next season. Uh, Rihanna says it's hard for her to accept that she's a billionaire now because she never forgets her humble beginnings. For every dollar she makes, she wants to give back to help and inspire others. She's a billionaire now? Yeah, because she's got that, uh, it's either a line of perfume or clothing or something mm. that put her over the top. She hasn't, it's the first time she put out an album in a few years because she was so busy doing that other stuff. Huh. But she's built a brand and she's worth over a billion dollars. Oh, there you go. Which is pretty good. Good for her. But, you know, give back, Come take on. the money yeah. and run. It's you know, yours, you? sister. I mean, everybody wants your money, but you don't have to give anything back. 
Uh, a Canadian DJ tweeted that some new Adele was coming out this week, but there's been no official confirmation. Adele's another woman named Adele? No, another no. another album or, uh, or oh, a single oh, from Adele. Yeah. Oh. More uh, likely a single. Adele's last album, 25, came out in November of 2015, but there's nobody to really kind of figure out what's going on here. Hmm. Uh, Alan Jackson has a neurological disease called Charcot-Marie Tooth Disorder. He's had it for a while, but he waited to now until say, to, to say something because it's affecting how he moves on stage, and he wants people to know why that's happening. And it has nothing to do with his teeth? No. Hmm. That's weird. It's one of these. It sounds like a pretty nasty neurological disease where it doesn't really quite kill you. It just paralyzes you for the uh, rest of your life. Zach Brown has tested positive for COVID-19, so the oh. Bra- Zach Brown band had to cancel four shows. Oh, man. There, one was tomorrow in Clarkston, Michigan, oh. Friday in Burgettstown, <sighs> Pennsylvania, and Saturday in Syracuse, and Sunday in Saratoga. Oh, oh boy. Well, a whole weekend yeah. shot. Shot. That's going to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock Wild Wait a minute, you got like 20 seconds left to go. Do we really need to finish the oh, music right out? to the end? Um, I'm not sure that we really I think have to do that. I think we're split on this. Yeah. John's on my side of this. We can end it earlier than expected. And or, that's no, okay. All right, all right. Then just end it now. Or just right now. And that's your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Hi, are you a carpenter? This is Fran Bollier from Phil Bollier & Sons Home Improvement, and we're hiring. Looking for the best of the best window and door installers, carpenters, and vinyl carpenters. Top-notch pay, benefits, fantastic work environment that has built on the trade. Not. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, this nation's colleges and universities are loaded with very stupid people. Having graduated college myself during five and a half grueling years of amassing a sizable amount of debt, I can tell you the place was crawling with idiots. And on some days, I was their leader. Nevertheless, sometimes things just work out for the best in spite of a mountain of evidence suggesting otherwise. For example, yesterday a grand jury in Lexington, Kentucky chose not to indict six Kentucky Wildcat football players on first-degree burglary charges. Now, I'm sure you've heard the tired old adage, you can indict a ham sandwich. And in Kentucky, that's probably true as well. But in this case, you'd be hard-pressed to prove that six ham sandwiches didn't just walk into a private party with weapons drawn because their invitations must have gotten lost in the mail. In this case, all six football players were asked to leave a party last month that they were not invited to. Offended by this, the six Kentucky football players left, but then came back with one player allegedly returning with a gun. All six players pleaded not guilty last August, including Quick Draw McGraw with the itchy trigger finger. Yesterday, the grand jury heard the case and decided not to indict any of these young men. Now, in all fairness, the members of the jury had some other considerations to keep in mind. First of all, there's probably a lack of evidence. But more importantly, the Kentucky Wildcats are undefeated this season. Plus, they're hosting the number 10 Florida Gators on Saturday night. And really, indicting these guys might have put the Wildcats in a difficult position, especially with their upcoming schedule. Listen, I know people want justice, and I'm sure there are a fair number of people who would like to see these guys charged with some sort of crime. But if six Division I football players showed up at my door and wanted to crash my party, I would probably let them right in and make them comfortable. Whereas these college students were stupid enough to say, go away. And that is why sometimes college students are idiots.
But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, maybe you have a natural instinct for paint colors, or maybe you should talk to Lindsay at the Ludlow Rockies because Lindsay definitely has an eye for paint colors. She's a talented young woman with uh, loves to help good people just like you. Good people like Lindsay and rock solid service at the paint department at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. That's Classic Rock at 610 and Journey on Rock 102. Mix of sun and clouds today and a high of about uh, 65. Kind of the same for tomorrow, but only a high of 61. It is uh, 47 in downtown Springfield. So yesterday we were talking about uh, how John Hinckley had gotten uh, complete release from uh, all the supervision that he was having to uh, be under since he was released originally from Mm -hmm. a mental hospital. Um, Then I saw an article today about um, other people who have either killed or attempted to kill presidents. And the weird thing was it said, uh, you know, other people have not done as well as Hinckley, even though we were talking yesterday about uh, Squeaky Fromm. Now, the truth is, only two women have ever tried to shoot a president, and both of them acted 17 days apart. No this, kidding. Yeah, I had forgotten about this. This was in 1975, and they were both uh, Manson girls. Squeaky Fromm was, and Sarah Jane Moore also. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. It's, yeah. It's always the, the, the Squeaky Fromm that people remember. Yeah, right. Like the squeaky wheel. People yes. never forget. That's yeah. right. That's right. Each woman was sentenced to life in prison. I forgot about this also. Each woman briefly escaped before they were captured, uh, but then they were paroled in the years after uh, after Ford's death. But many of the others uh, did not do well. As we, as we know, five sitting presidents, one former president killed or wounded in assassination attempts. As we all know, uh, John Wilkes Booth shooting uh, Abe Lincoln – Dead by the end of the month, as soldiers hunted him down to a barn yeah, in Virginia. That didn't end so well for him. No, they set the barn on fire. Uh, lawyer Charles Gitu was uh, arrested immediately after shooting President Garfield in a train station, uh, supposedly because he imagined himself crucial to the new president's win, and he wanted an ambassadorship. Uh, in exchange. You know, you imagine uh, wanting to shoot the guy that turned you down for a job? I mean, yeah. wanting a job that badly? Oh, yeah. That you'd be willing to spend the rest of your life in jail or well, be killed? Uh, maybe. Uh, now, Garfield lingered for months, enduring gruesome and unsanitary treatments by his doctors. Um, meanwhile, the uh, assassin was tried, convicted, and hanged. So and Again, it doesn't give a time frame. Didn't ha- uh, didn't <clears throat> end so well for him either. No, it didn't it didn't end so well for any of these guys. Leon, uh, well, let's just call him Leon. It's Zolgotz. Uh huh. Yeah. He was uh, an antichrist who uh, an assassin an anarchist. Oh, oh, that's that's right, anarchist. Yeah, there's a big difference uh, between an anarchist and an antichrist. Yeah, a couple of letters. Um, he no, is, even even like uh, your motivations are different. Uh, he assassinated President McKinley, and the punishment. For his crime was swift, repeatedly, and continued after his death. He was punched in the face by a black man standing behind him waiting in line to meet the president. 
And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. He died in the electric chair 45 days after the shooting. Wow. I don't know if that means he was tried, convicted, and died in the electric chair. But after he was electrocuted, prison officials dissolved his body in acid. Man. Damn. As as if they were afraid he'd come back to life. I don't know. I mean, once you've uh, once you've once you've been an old Sparky, it's probably not much of a chance for you uh, to make a comeback. Or maybe they just didn't want the hassle of having to bury him. Or maybe they had just gotten just realized, you know, they looked in some supply closet somewhere and they're like, "Hey, what's all this acid doing in here?" That's very uh breaking bad like. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. when uh, when when Jesse uh, it poured the uh, acid in the bathtub mm-hmm. to get rid of that one guy, right? And it just you know it burned a hole through the bathtub, through the bathtub, yeah, and, and through the, the floor, floor right. and then they, all of a sudden the tub, what was left of it, yeah. came crashing down. See, that's what I would do. That's what I would do because I wouldn't, I wouldn't realize that I needed a certain material of the uh, bathtub. Oh no, 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 no! You, you'd go on the air the next day and uh-huh. you say, "Listen, I need to dispose of a human body. What are yeah. the best ways?" True. And then listeners would call, and, mm-hmm. and we'd probably give the uh, the winning call a T-shirt. Yeah, that's true. Actually, you know, talk about things going wrong for me. So yesterday, uh, I'm going to make dinner. I, I bought a I bought a steak at the grocery store several days ago, and uh, I bought um, a bag of tater tots at the grocery store several weeks ago. And I'm figuring I'll I'll finish off the tater tots and I'll and I'll barbecue the steak on the grill. Sure. So I, uh, I, you know, I take out the tater tots. I look at the bag and I see uh, the temperature that I've got to preheat the oven at. And what I always do is, I as soon as I start the oven to preheat, I put the items into the oven so that they're there for the entire time it takes to build up to cooking. Yeah, no, you're not supposed to do that. Why? What do you mean not supposed? Well, because you're going to wind up drying out your tater tots. Well, you know what? They're tater tots. So uh, I'm uh, trying to time this. You know, so that I can put the steak on when I think the tater tots are almost ready or or at the time I have to flip them. So uh, I keep looking back. I'm sitting at the dining room table. I keep looking back because, you know, I'm waiting for that that beep of the timer when the preheating process is over. Right. And I keep looking back and I'm like, what the hell? So I finally get up and I I open up the door of the oven and I realize, uh, yeah, I never turned it on. I never turned it on to preheat. So I'm so, like, all right, well, you know what? I'll turn it on now, and obviously I'm 15 minutes behind. So maybe what I also should do is I'll turn on the gas grill now and let that heat up so that, you know, by the time I reach the 10-minute point for the for the tater tots, the steak will be ready. So I go out and I uh, I start up the grill, uh-huh. and then I sit down for a few minutes, a few minutes letting uh, the grill heat up and the tater tots get Uh, good and toasty sure and then uh, i take the steak and i go outside and i open up the grill it it apparently had run out of gas oh for crying out loud you're ruining dinner twice i know this is what i'm saying this is the kind of stuff i do so if i were trying to dissolve a body in a bathtub i guarantee you uh there'd be a problem there'd be a problem (laughs) i would i would well yeah it's like yeah complicated results from simple solutions Mm -hmm. and and that's uh that seems to be your go-to there was uh, there was one former president who survived being shot besides Reagan. Uh, in 1912, Theodore Roosevelt was in Milwaukee campaigning for his third term uh, and a return to the White House when he was shot in the chest by a saloon keeper. Roosevelt was famously saved by his eyeglass case and the folded speech in his breast pocket. 
which uh, slowed the bullet. Must have been a hell of a speech. Oh, it was. Uh, the shooter was nearly lynched on the scene by the surrounding crowd wow. until Roosevelt himself intervened. What did he do? He, he must have, you know, he must have told the crowd, hey, come on, come on, look, uh, look, look at me. I'm fine. I'm fine. No, you don't have to kill this guy. It's just, just a flesh wound. Yeah, it's my, look, look I got to get a new eyeglass case. Big whoop. Um, you know, speaking of scary things with presidents, um, I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why. Um, I know he's probably too old, and I pray his age prevents this from happening anyway. But um, let, let's just say, for the sake of my nightmares, yeah, that uh, if Donald Trump ran again in 2024, yes. Is he eligible for eight for two terms, or is it only a total of two terms? Well, I believe the rule is two consecutive terms. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, <sighs> I believe if he were to be reelected, and that's only happened one other time in non-successive terms with Roosevelt. No, with Grover Cleveland. Oh, oh. Uh, but if that happens. Uh, I believe he could serve two terms. Now, wow. again, you you mentioned his age. Yeah, right. I don't right. I don't think that even if he were elected a second time, yeah. that he would be yeah. well enough to do it one more time. I'm not sure he was well enough to do it once. Yeah. Uh, in 1835, Andrew Jackson beat a failed assassin with his cane. Now, this man, kind of like Hinckley, was later found to be insane. And institutionalized until you're he talk, died. You're talking about Andrew Jackson. No, the, no, the guy who uh, shot him. Well, or he shot was, at him. He was pretty nutty too. Well, he must have been because he he beat the guy with a cane. Can you imagine if uh, if uh, Reagan uh, himself, although Jackson wasn't hit, if uh, if Ford, who who also wasn't hit, right, all of a sudden turned and grabbed Squeaky Fromm or, or Sarah Jane Moore 17 days later and just, you know, shook them by the lapels. You, what do you think you're doing? You know, Eisenhower survived two world wars. I can see him grabbing like a like a six iron and just teeing up on somebody mm-hmm. you know, was trying to assassinate him. Yeah, I've 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 been through combat for three years, and uh, that didn't kill me. You think you're scaring me with your little thirty eight caliber gun? Yeah. I don't how, think so. How about a face full of Callaway? Yeah. Pow! Right. You ever heard of... Uh, you ever heard of a uh, uh, what was the girl uh, Kennedy's killed? Uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe. No, no, no. The uh, the uh, Michael Skakel. Ah, uh, Martha Mox. My, yeah, yeah, right, right. That's what uh, that's what uh, the president would say before beating the guy with the oh, with the pog, pog club. <laughs> good timing, even though it was good forty timing. years ahead of him. Good timing on that one. <laughs> yeah, Way to go, Alan. Plus, King. plus it was smooth. It's, smooth as glass. Oh yeah. 621 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. Hi, I'm Jeff Serif from Serif Ford Lincoln and Agua, and Ford truck season is on. It's 623 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. I have uh, been informed that the uh, 22nd Amendment only allows a president to be elected twice only, whether they're consecutive or not. Okay. All right. So that's so, uh, that. I know there was an amendment that said you couldn't serve two consecutive terms, uh, more than two consecutive terms. After uh, FDR, FDR tried to push that to its limit, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if it uh, if it reset with non-consecutive. Sure, Twenty huh. Second Amendment. You should have known that. Twenty Second. I don't have them all memorized, believe it or not. I, I, I mean, if it was the Twenty First, Twenty Third, I wouldn't have felt that way. But Twenty uh, Second, that that that's your uh, 
Yeah, that's your I, coverall. I believe the twenty second is the one that's working for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. A man gets a prescription for Viagra, right? Right. And he goes home to be ready when his wife gets there. Well, he doesn't really need it. He just does it for recreation exactly. purposes. But he calls her on the phone and she says, I'll be home in an hour. And the guy says, that's perfect. Because, you know, the doctor told him to take the Viagra an hour before sex. So he takes the Viagra and he waits. Well, the hour goes by and uh, the man's ready to go. But uh, the wife's not there. And she calls him on the phone and she says, listen, traffic is really bad. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I won't be there for uh, an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half. Even though these things supposedly work five hours. The man is frustrated. He calls his doctor for advice. He says, what should I do? The doctor says, well, it would be a shame to waste it. Do you have a housekeeper around? And the guy goes, yeah. And and the doctor said, well, maybe you could occupy yourself with her until the wife gets home. And the guy says, the guy says, yeah, I don't need Viagra with the housekeeper. <laughs> it's, you know, he does need it with his wife. He's already doing the housekeeper, <laughs> and he only needs the Viagra for the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. It's 29 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. Three years after a discovery that shook the Springfield community, Stuart Weldon admitted in court Tuesday to killing three women less than a month before he was scheduled to go on trial. During a hearing at Hamden County Superior Court in Springfield on Tuesday afternoon, the 44-year-old serial killer tearfully pleaded guilty to 39 charges linked to the murders, including multiple counts of kidnapping, aggravated kidnapping, rape, indecent assault, and battery, which is a downgrade from his original aggravated rape charges, who will be sentenced on Thursday, September 30th. Imagine that, 39 charges, and uh, and every one of them has to be read by the judge, mm-hmm. and Weldon has to say guilty to each and every one of them. Now, you already know that he's going to do that. His lawyer has already uh, informed the court that his client is willing to plead guilty, but you still got to go through all that. What, what do you like? What do you expect Weldon would do and go? You know, at the end, he's like, "Wait a minute, what was that? What was the seventeenth one?" <laughs> I'm not, I'm not right. sure you can actually change it after you've already done it. <laughs> that, one I'm gonna, that one I'm going to fight, Your Honor. Oh, all right, so so you can't change it after, but uh, what, what if he's like, you know, the, the judge reads the 17th one, yeah. and uh, and Weldon says, whoa, 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 where'd you come up with that? Yeah. No, I'm not pleading to that I'm not one. guilty on no. that. No, no I'm sorry. And you know what that does? That throws a monkey wrench into the entire case, and then they have to redo everything yeah, all over yeah. again. Probably. You know, the thing is, uh, you know, on, on some level, I mean, good. I'm glad he pled guilty because, yeah. you know, this spares, you know, victims' families from having to go through a, a, a long and painful trial. But on the other hand, I kind of wanted to see that trial. I mean, uh, mm. selfishly speaking, it... You know, it's a it's it's a huge case. It would have been something interesting to watch. Well, I mean, I don't know uh, how you would have watched it anyway, unless you just mean read about it every day in the paper. Oh, I'd I'd, I'd sneak into the events. Uh, you do what now? I'd sneak into the venting uh, operation. Yeah, with like uh, you know. Why wouldn't you just go sit in the courtroom? Well, because of COVID, I don't think they let you. Uh, oh, I see. So being in the vents is a better idea. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. if I can, you know, in the courtroom of the Ireland courthouse, you want to be in the vents, which is presumably where all the mold comes from. Sure, I'd rather be there yeah. than in the uh, in, yeah. than in the courtroom where I could catch COVID. Uh huh. Okay. What mold? What are you talking There's about? No well, There's no mold here. In that the mold building? that used to be there, I meant. Oh, yeah. used to be. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's all clean. Uh, West Springfield police are looking for the public's help to identify a suspect who allegedly robbed a GameStop. Really? That's a GameStop? Talk about a low ambition. Hey, why do you rob GameStops? Well, that's where all the money isn't. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because there'll be no witnesses there. Around 10.20 uh, a.m. on Tuesday, officers were called to what? It was one minute later. Oh, it would be 1021. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. We're called to a report of an armed robbery at GameStop located on Riverdale Street, and they show a picture of this uh, it looks like a kid in a hoodie mm-hmm. with a mask over his face. Yep. And, uh, mean like a COVID mask? Yeah, like, yeah. A, like, you know, some kind of face covering. Right. But if you have any information, you're asked to uh, call the West Springfield Police Department. How many, uh, how many singles of dollars did he get? That's what I'm guessing. That's what I'm thinking. It's like yeah. he either he probably took equipment. I would imagine the game consoles are worth a lot more than any kind of cash they would have in a register at a GameStop. True, but you don't know whether or not a a, a robber is thinking that way. Well, is a is a GameStop really a cash business, no, or is it or is I'm, it mostly you were able to borrow your parents' credit card? I'm sure it's definitely credit. Six you bucks? Know. I wasted my whole afternoon for this. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying not even your credit. It'd be like your your mom's credit card. Yeah. yeah, yeah go ahead and yeah. buy yourself some pong. Yeah. Either way, uh, give me all the money in the register. All right. Really Do you have a bag? Because it's only change. It's really only change. <laughs> you have a Ziploc bag, actually? <laughs> well, I don't think you'll have to hold out both hands. Yeah. And then you see the kid at the uh, the Coinstar machine at the Stop and Shop next door trying to cash in the actual dollars. <laughs> a uh, Chickabee woman who police say caused traffic chaos last week by dancing in the middle of a busy street in Holyoke wearing a hazmat suit and a gas mask is facing multiple charges. Where the hell is this? This is on 22. The Ludlow police said uh, 46-year-old Naomi Tetherly was charged with failure to stop for police, negligent uh, of a motor vehicle, and disorderly conduct. Ludlow woman charged with Mm. traffic. Yeah. On Tuesday, the 21st of September, officers responded to the intersection of Holyoke Street and Kendall Street for the incident and saw a vehicle parked on the corner of the street causing traffic issues for drivers traveling westbound. I'm sorry, what, what day was this? It was the 21st day of September. That's right. The officers located Tetherly near the vehicle standing in the roadway while wearing a hazmat biohazard suit with a full-face gas mask. When ordered to stop, Tetherly is said to have taken off in the vehicle and leading police on a low-speed chase through the streets of Holio. Here's Earth, Wind, and Fire on Rock 102. Ah, oh, you stepped on it. The 21st uh, of September. I was stopping traffic. I did I can't believe that this woman was able to get into her car Mm -hmm. and take off. Yeah, the uh, pursuit began in Ludlow, continued through Chicopee, and then on to I-291, where officers were assisted by state police. They were able to stop Tetherly's vehicle by using spike strips. Tetherly was noncompliant when uh, asked to exit the vehicle. She was eventually eventually escorted out of the vehicle. 
Yes, probably through the driver's window. It said without incident. Uh, without incident, yes. Well, I mean, you know, it depends on your definition of an incident. There had already been several incidents. They get the cop with the, grass cl- uh, the glass cracker. You know, crack, crack oh, yeah. 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 No, they all just uh, pretty much just use a baton. But, uh, yeah, this woman, uh, hazmat suit and gas mask, huh? The, doesn't the baton have some sort of thing at the end of it, though? No, that- not. Well, I mean, you probably could break the window with the with the uh, thick end of the, of the baton. Yeah, but you ever see a guy try to throw a brick at a car window and a thing bounces oh, yeah. right back in his uh-huh. face? I told you, I tried doing it once with a hatchet. Oh, that's not going to work. It that didn't. Just bounce right back at your face. Yep. Um, what was your other question, though, about this? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, I just a uh, hazmat suit and a gas mask. This woman was uh, she was loaded for bear. I don't know why we're hearing about this, you know, this many days later. I know. Nine well, days later. When did this happen? This happened on the 21st night of September. Yeah. I don't even know if it was a night. It could have been in the afternoon. Yeah, it was a daytime. Kind yeah. Of, kind Broad of probably, daylight. In, probably in the afternoon of a Tuesday. It could have been on a... Tuesday. Can we can we not do that? I mean, that's I mean, we're playing September here. I mean, yeah. let's let's let's. Dude, that's just stupid. You can't be mixing the moody blues with uh, sweet EWF. Sweet EWF. fire. No, hell no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you think this is? Amateur hour? Hey, uh, you know what today is, John? No. Chicopee Day, the Big E. No, really? Yeah. Are you gonna go? No. So. Yesterday, I hear uh, that uh, there was some sort of fight at the Big E. What? On the Midway. Somebody sent me a video yeah. of this. And I didn't know, I mean, you know, it, with no real explanation as to what happened. Yeah. But it's a, it's quite a brawl. That's the thing. There's no there's no statement to why this occurred or what, but there was a, a large group of people beating the piss out of each other on yeah. the Midway. And... Uh, and it's just like it's just chaos. It's just absolute chaos, and you can tell it's the Big E because there are several recognizable business names in mm. the uh, in the camera shot. Was there. this something to do with uh, one of them uh, shooting the water in a clown's mouth thing? No, I would no. think so. But then, uh, of course, the memes have now started, and it's just a picture of those guys brawling with each other, and it says five minutes into Springfield Day at the Big E. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is this uh, um, oh, hell, a hell? Uh, are they all men? No, there's, there's, there's women, women involved. Too. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty nasty. But I don't know how to send it to you. Well, you do have Facebook, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you'll never right. see it then. Yeah, and yet somehow I'll manage to get through the day. Well, I mean, you, you like seeing things like that. Yeah, I do usually, but uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll I'll get by without this. Well, one. maybe you can go to Salute to Chickabee Day and uh, see yeah. if you can get yourself a free. Uh, do you get in free if you're no? No, you don't get wow. in free under any circumstances. Now I'm I'm looking at the uh, the video again, and it's yeah, you know, it's quite a little Donnybrook. I mean, people are really, I mean, it's it's nighttime. You know, the the rides are are, are uh, all are lit moving, up, all lit up, and mm. I think some of these people are also uh, lit, lit up. up. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it's actually you know I don't see you don't see this very often. So there's a scrum on the ground, right? And there's a woman trying to break it up. And there's a guy swatting her away, say, no, no, no. Let him we're, go. We're busy here right, right. beating the snot out of this guy or yeah. woman. I, it, I think it's a guy. And yet it could be the woman who's trying to break it up. It could be her boyfriend, uh, husband, son. It could be, but, you know, again, that's not – with no explanation in this video, it's hard to say for sure what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. This could be like uh, any normal fist fight during Springfield Day. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's uh... – 
pretty elaborate fight, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, and you're just, like, kicking the crap out of the dudes uh, on the ground. Oh, That's yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's a great place to take your kids is the uh, biggie in the Midway. and uh, Sure. Have fun. Yeah. There's loads of cell phone cameras taking video of this, too. There's loads of different angles. Oh, this is this is going to be uh, on the Internet for uh, years. Ever, days, yeah. Forever. Yeah, right. State police uh, continue to search central Massachusetts for a man who they said uh, ran from troopers at the Charlton Plaza on the Mass Turnpike and is wanted for armed robbery. Shortly after 8 a.m. Uh, troop yesterday, police... Uh, I'm sorry. Troopers tried to arrest a man who had several arrest warrants on charges that included armed robbery and gun charges at the Charlton rest stop on the Mass Pike. The man then ran into the woods near the plaza and away from police. Troopers established a perimeter and, along with canine units, began a search for the suspect to no avail. About an hour later, police said they located an SUV at Walmart off Route 146 in Worcester that drove off from the plaza in Charlton as the man ran away. The woman who was driving the SUV was detained by police for further investigation. The search for the man in Charlton was called off at around 10.15 a.m. with the man not being found. Police continue to search for him, uh, whose identity they say they are not releasing at this time. Oh, so they know who he is? Yeah. No, yeah. All right. Well, because no. they probably talked to the woman who was yeah. in the, uh, the, the SUV. Yeah. She probably gave him up. It's always weird, though, like uh, to run behind those, those service plazas. You're in, like, a neighborhood. Or, or, or you're near... Like homes and things like that. Well, aren't right. but aren't there fences? Um, sometimes I don't. I would think all the time because you know, like I'm aware of a neighborhood in Chicopee that's very close to the Mass Pike, and by that I mean residential properties that that run parallel to the Pike, and every one of those properties has a chain link fence behind it, put up by the state that continues on. Um, all the way, as far as I know, to to an exit ramp, and then restarts after uh, an exit. So I would, I would think the state would also put fences behind rest stops as well, because they still uh, abut private property. There might, there might be. But right, but how that, hard is it to jump a fence, especially when uh, you're, you're on the run? I may be all wrong about this, but I think the one in Ludlow. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, has uh, you know access to the abutting neighborhood because there's also a uh, a, a, a transponder office in that uh, in that stop. So I think there's actually two ways of getting in: one from the pike, and then one well one from the the neighborhood. But that's separated by it's like a lot. There's yeah. a gated lot there. Wow. Yeah, so there but is I, a, yeah. but I want to say you can get in from that. I mean, I could be wrong about it. I but I I, I want to say you can get to, in. You might that, be able to get in to get the transponder, but like Steve is saying, the, the lots are separated, right. so you really wouldn't be able to drive over to the other side and then get on the mass pike. No, but you yeah. probably what could a, run out. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah but what yeah. a what a pain in the ass. Let's say you wanted to get a snack late at night, and you got to go all the way under the pike to get into the uh, the convenience part of it. What a pain in the ass. Last September, a 23-year-old man in Coralville, Iowa, named Salih Al Nasser, was pulled over for speeding, and he was uh, he was flying. They cocked, cops clocked him at 103 miles an hour Damn. in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. He pleaded guilty, paid the $314 ticket last year, but then they also suspended his license, and he's been fighting that ever since. He says he was driving so fast because it was an emergency, and he was on his way to get sanitary pads for his wife. Oh, boy. His uh, lawyer said the uh, officer behaved in an insulting manner and treated him unfairly because of his ethnicity. 
Yeah, I think the 103 miles an hour might get the get you the attitude from the cop. And, and you know, really, I mean, the wife is at home. Yeah, having an emergency and needing pads. If she's at home, you know, you probably got napkins. You got. Sheets, you got all kinds of things. Why is this? Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, yes, theoretically, that is uh, that is true. But if a woman needs these things right now, you would be hard pressed to uh, to get an argument out of most men. Like, okay, well, honey, whatever it's going to take to make you not be angry at me, I will do. What's she angry at you for? She's the one who didn't buy enough pads. Because I'm there. Yeah. Well. Now, yeah, and because she's having her time. That's right. Yeah. Go to the store and get me some uh, cooter spigots, and, uh, and you'll be home. Uh, uh, see right. there? Oh my god! What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you have any cranberry tea? Bags what's uh, all right? The what's store? what's next? What's perhaps next? the rusty another news story, Stephen? <laughs> or uh, Stephen? What news? Oh, there is no more news. <laughs> There's plenty of news. I'm looking at all of it right now. Oh, what, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you got protesters at the governor's house. You want to talk about the Beijing surprise? No. <laughs> Are no. you sure? Yeah. Oh, the people that were arrested at the governor's house. Yeah, right. House. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't have that in front of me. Right on Mass Live. Yeah, that's next hour. Right on Mass Live? Right on Mass yeah, Live. We'll talk about that next hour. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is, I don't even have the forecast in front of me. It's, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's going to be mostly sunny with a high. Using your time very constructively. Well, you know, I like to push myself to the limits, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as high as 65 today, 61 tomorrow. It's 45 in downtown Springfield, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. 8 a.m. every Thursday, the Leah Auto Group is proud to present Scott Zolak from the Patriots broadcast booth as he breaks down all things Patriots with Bax and O'Brien. There's been a lot of discussion lately in the last two weeks about this specifically. The NFL has kind of changed its rules about taunting. It's like any other rule that... And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the Boston Red Sox with an impending wild-card spot on the line lost their fourth straight last night, losing to, of all teams, the Baltimore Orioles, the very worst team in the American League and the second-worst team in all of baseball, a team that is not only 46 games out of first place. They're also a team that's only managed to win 51 times, and one of those times was over the Red Sox last night by a score of 4-2. to Now, I would like to remind everybody that the Red Sox are looking for one of two wildcard spots, and they have five games remaining on their regular season schedule to get it done. Now, there is technically five teams in the hunt for these two spots. you got the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and Oakland, who probably don't really have much of a shot at all. Now, follow me here. Right now, the Yankees appear to be a shoe-in with a record of 90 wins and 67 losses. The Red Sox and Seattle are right behind them, both with 88 wins, with Seattle having one more loss than the Red Sox, and Toronto has 87 wins, but the same number of losses as Seattle. So theoretically speaking, there is a chance that all four teams could wind up in a statistical tie at the end of the regular season. So what happens then? Well, according to ESPN, based upon a series of tiebreakers from previous results of previous games, each team would select a designation as Club A, B, C, or D. 
if there is a tie, a series of play-in games would then be scheduled where Club A would play B and C would play D, and the winner of those two games would play each other in the wild card game for a chance to get blown up by Tampa in the divisional series. Now, I should point out, that there is almost no chance of something like this happening, especially if the Red Sox keep losing to the worst teams in baseball. In that case, maybe things end up in a three-way tie. And if I had time to explain what happens in that situation, then maybe some of this would make sense to you. Let's just say that if last night is any indication, you're not going to have to worry about any of it because the Red Sox will have choked their way out of contention, and it'll have to be somebody else who loses to Tampa instead. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Take care of your tools. Get a Craftsman 5-drawer rolling toolbox on sale at Rocky's for $160 and get a 63-piece Craftsman Mechanics tool set free. Step up your tool game today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. My backs, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 706. And the talking heads in Rock 102. Mix of sun and clouds today and tomorrow. A little bit cooler than normal. Normal high right now is 70. Today will be 65. Tomorrow, 61. And right now, it is uh, 47 degrees in downtown Springfield. Remember a week ago? No, I don't remember, actually. Come on, come on. I've forgotten about it. What's wrong with you? Uh, A couple weeks ago, we were talking about a high school reunion that you went to. Yeah, it was this past Saturday. Okay, it was this past Saturday. Mm -hmm. And and it was, uh, as you explained it, it was like... Horrible. Stupid. Well, I didn't. I didn't ask for that part of it. I was, mm. but the the way it was set up was it was a a number of classes getting together for a reunion. Yeah, that's what I mean by the horrible and stupid part. It was both schools, both high schools that used to be in Enfield, Enfield and Fermi, and anyone who graduated in the seventies or eighties, an entire twenty year period. So, uh, and, and I understand that the uh, that that happens probably a lot more than you would think. I've never heard of that before. Well, apparently it's been it's been happening a lot. Uh, Twenty two News did a story on Sunday night of uh, very much the same thing. It was a high school reunion at uh, at the Twin Hills Country Club in Longmeadow for uh, Springfield uh, Technical High School, which mm-hmm. has been shut down for years, but nevertheless. Um, they had their reunion over the weekend, and they did it very much like you guys did, where everybody from all these classes got together and uh, and reconnected with their with their old friends from uh, from the school. But the, only the one school, only the one school. But uh, but Nick Oresco did this story, and uh, there's some parts of it. I want to I want to play the video. It's only like a minute and ten seconds long. I, I want to play it because there's a couple of parts to this that I think uh, should be noted mm. in this uh, in this in this story. All right. All right. So you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Here we go. A high school class reunion like no other today brought together Springfield High School graduates from different generations at Longmeadow's Twin Hills Country Club. Originally a class reunion for the Springfield Technical High School class of 1947, the event was expanded to include all tech high graduates up until the closing of the high school in 1986. A 92-year-old from the class of 1947 telling 22 News why it was so important to have a homecoming like this. In the class of 47, we had 500, and those were the veterans were coming back for their high school diploma. And the sorority that was doing our annual uh, 47 reunions was saying, we want to continue with just 47. Well, 10 years ago, that 500 had come down to about 100. 
And I said, ladies, we're fading out. We should open it up to all classes. And reluctantly, they said, okay. 105-year-old Stella Anderson is the oldest member of the tech class homecoming. She graduated from the Springfield High School back in 1935. She received a welcome from other tech graduates throughout the years. Stella was the only person that attended the reunion from the class of really? 1935. The, well, only, the only person yeah. from the class of 1935? Wow. Do you think she went thinking, gee, I, I, I wonder who else is here? Well, no, she probably, it doesn't mean she's the only, she's the last survivor. It just means the others were like, ah, you know what? I can see the other survivors going, ah, nah, you know what? I'm not going because I bet that Stella Anderson's probably there. Yeah, I didn't and like her. She always bugged the hell out of me in high school. I didn't like her 86 years ago. Yeah. I'm probably not going to like her now. Right, right. What, what, what do you think? She's gotten better now because she's 105? I mean, at 105, at what age do you say, yeah. you know what, I don't even know if going to the high school reunion is even worth it anymore. Yeah, apparently at 106. I mean, we started off with a class of 500. I'm the last one yeah. here. Yeah, sure. And do, you, and do you book the hall for five years later? Well, I... Um, do, you, do you book early for, uh, for when she turns 110? I like how, though, they had the audio playing behind Nicaresco's introduction as though he were standing in the middle of the reunion. Well, he, was, he wasn't. He was It was actually a Cy Becker story. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, he was anchoring, so, you know, they didn't... Uh, they didn't destroy the story with having Cy do uh, all the, uh, all the all, everything else. But uh, but yeah, can you imagine, 105 years old, you're going to your high school reunion expecting to have a good time and to, she, to catch up with what you've been up to for the last 10 years. And she was alone. She didn't have a date. There were people with her, but you know what? She walked in there, you know, uh, head held high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Kane. She, uh, she was wearing, she had a walker. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and she was... She was ready to mix it up and mingle. Well, you try know. To, for all we know, maybe she was uh, going to try to rekindle a, uh, an old flame. Maybe. Uh, you mean bring him back to life? I don't know that. Um, you know, I mean, and that I get, okay? First of all, uh, when the school is closed. Secondly, you know, I mean, I did the math. Um, I'm 42 years out since graduating from high school. All right. Now, clearly... There have been some classmates who have passed uh, in that time, but it's still not what you would expect. Of you know, the class of forty-seven, like that guy said, we had five hundred people, and now we're down to one hundred. Yeah, because it, it's that many more years. I mean, forty-two years is is not so long that you would expect many of the class members to have passed. Right. Um. So. So you could have your own reunion is my point. I mean, you know, to open up. And I got to tell you, um, I mean, I wasn't there for the whole thing. I think the thing might have started at 1 in the afternoon and went on until uh, like 9.30 at night. Um, and I didn't get there until 6.30. You know, and most people your age are in bed by 7.15. Yeah. Well, they had all left to go to Denny's to get the uh, early bird special. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know what kind of turnout they had overall. Yeah. I so, mean, when I was there, it, there was an okay number of people. But, again, it was from two schools. So uh, in, in three years, it'll be my, uh, my 40th high school reunion. Mm -hmm. and, and we have lost, you know, I mean, it, it's a class of like 200 and something kids. Right. I mean, it's not a big class. But uh, but big enough. We've lost, I think, like 15, 16 kids 
in you know in that time, right? You know, which is a people. significant a significant number of people, right? Um, but you just wonder, and I think that guy is right. Like, you know, at what point do you say maybe we shouldn't be putting ourselves through this anymore well, because it only gets more and more depressing. And you, well, what well, he's saying is maybe we shouldn't just make this our own class. Yeah, maybe we should invite everybody who ever graduated from the school. Again, especially because now it's closed. There so. are there were a couple of people at my last reunion mm. that um, were not part of our graduating class. They just crashed. Like this the is what they. This is like what they do. It's like you know people that like you know barge into a wake. So they weren't necessarily the dates of graduates. No, they, they were just, like they the, came by themselves. And they graduated in a different year. Yeah, like so. there was one woman who actually worked at the uh, the place we had it, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, so she was working, but she was still there. But and then there were, she was a graduate, and she graduated. Yeah. But there were a couple of people who were younger than us that were there, and I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to go to somebody else's reunion. I would feel. Well, out of place, even though I know a good deal of these people. Were they girls? Mostly girls? Because you remember back in high school, girls like like to date the older guys. No, they were they were, I'm I'm thinking specifically of two dudes, uh-huh. and I for the life of me, like, why are these guys crashing our party? Uh, maybe they, you know, if they were only, would you say they were only a year off? Year, maybe two years. Yeah, maybe two years. You know, I mean, the difference between me and my brother uh, are would be four years. So right. the and we both graduated from the same high school, and you know we knew some of the same people. Um, and, and but but again, we were having a twenty year spread for our graduation. So I did see. I mean, my brother wasn't able to attend, but I did see some of his classmates. And uh, I don't I don't remember the last time we had a class of seventy eight reunion. So I don't I don't think the turnout was that great. The last time around? Yeah. Well, the or, last or, time I remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the last time we we did it, we had an okay turnout. Mm-hmm. I think we had a little bit over 100 people. Yeah. But again, yeah, I mean, at this at this point, you know, how desperate are you to get back in touch with some of these folks? Yeah, yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? If you didn't like them back then, what makes you think you're going to like them now? Well, I know some, because I was on the uh, committee the last two times we did this. And there are some people that are just indignant. I will absolutely not go to that high school reunion where all those jerks used to be. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, some of them were jerks. And here's the here's my list of jerks. Let's see if it uh, you know syncs with your list. And then, uh, but then I what I also said was, I think you'll find that uh, some of the jerkiness that was around when we were 15, 16 years old, many of us have matured beyond that. So our, and some might not have. We're just happy to be alive yeah. considering all the ones we've lost. So, mm. you know, maybe you just, you know, put your anger aside and you might even surprise yourself by what's out there. Uh, yeah, I, w- I was looking around. Um, I, like I said, I got there at 6, a little after 6, I would say. So I only had about a half an hour of daylight left before it got too dark and there really weren't any lights to speak of, other than the lights on the on the pavilion for the band, right? And uh, and that was the funny thing too. So you got the bands playing. They had three bands. Johnny Six Gun was the last one, but they had two others before that. So when I got there, the middle band was playing, and and it was funny because as somebody pointed this out to me that I had gone to school with. That remember when we were in high school and you go to a concert and people would stand right up in front of the band. 
And yet here you had these people that were at least 30 yards back. And it's like, okay, why? Is that because of all the feedback from the hearing aids? <laughs> <laughs> or or they're just like, oh, that's too loud. It's too loud. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's exactly it. Well, I don't know about that because when Johnny Six Guns started playing, all of a sudden the whole crowd moved up to the to the front of the stage. All right, so. but that was but that was kind of like towards the end of the day, yeah, right? Yeah. All right. So that's you know, they were like the headlining act. That's that's fine. But prior mm-hmm. and, and you know what? Because it's later. Everybody who was there had probably pretty much blown through all those fake conversations anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, well, they, that's the thing. They caught up with the people they wanted to catch up with, and that's it. I had, you know, I was like, like I said, I had very little daylight left anyhow. So, and, and being uh, the position I'm in, immune compromised, I, I didn't wear a mask. So, I didn't want to get into a lot of conversation with people with a band playing and try and talk over the sound of the band, meaning you'd have to be closer to the individual to speak. Right. So, I mean, I kind of just stood off to the side, and people who recognized me, not necessarily from high school, they just knew who I was, came over and said hi. But I really didn't I didn't work the crowd. I didn't move at all, actually. Uh, I stayed in one place <laughs> until Johnny Sixgun came on, yeah. and then I stayed in one place while they played. How unusual that you would be so inaccessible to I people. know, I know. I, I have know. a tendency to do that. I'll go to public places and try and find a spot where I can't be approached. <laughs> in my last reunion, I went to I went from like uh, you know, like table to table. Yeah. And like you know, one end of the bar to the to the to the next, so like at a wedding, like at your wedding, like it was a wedding. Yeah. But but you know, once I was done with all those conversations, you know, like uh, you know, once you said, "So what have you been up to for like the last thirty some odd years?" And you uh, go, nothing. and you, yeah, no, not too much. Yeah. Which is, by the way, the weirdest answer you can give. Like I know, like for thirty years, yeah. nothing has gone on nope. in your life. Well, what are you doing these days? Mm, not, yeah. not too Still much. Still living at my parents' house. Once you get past those conversations, it's like okay, I think it's almost, it. It's almost time to I, go. Yeah, and, and and that's the other thing that that always gets me: reunion or any other event or any other place with a lot of people, the ones who can't read social cues. The people who don't understand that a conversation has come to a natural conclusion and it's time to move on. There's other people here you could be talking to. There's other people here I could be talking to. There's other people here I could be ignoring. Right now, I've got to try to ignore you because you don't realize that we've run out of things to say. When you're 105 years old, do you think you work the room with uh, those little boring conversations? I like, don't think oh, st- I will be at the next 10-year reunion. Oh, Stella, I'm so glad you're here. Oh. Tell me what you've been doing for the last 86 years. Mm, well, let's much. see. For five years after we graduated, I was a stripper. <laughs> um, then I invented then, then I invented a cure for cancer. Uh, then then I 10 years later, a, I lost it. I ended up with a horrible, horrible boyfriend who ended up uh, uh, going on a robbery spree, and I was imprisoned for being an accessory in fact i just got out three weeks ago i served <laughs> and a 65 year sentence there's people walking away from that conversation yeah. she's as full of crap today as she was 86 Man, years ago she is boring she should be a mill operator <laughs> It's 721 on Rock 102. The September sales event is going on now at Pratera Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram on Riverdale Street in West Springfield.com. It's 723 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Well, finally, uh, people, some people in Chicopee have come to their senses 
just days after the city council voted to restore downtown parking, the city has removed that ridiculous uh, center loop bike path with the plastic U-shaped fencing and no parking signs that define the experimental route. You know, I uh, was down there last week, mm. went to the Munich house for dinner. And uh, saw those bike things. Yeah. And I thought, this is the stupidest yep. thing I've ever seen in my life. Very, very st- And here's so here's what I don't get. City councilors voted 12-0 on Thursday to have the path removed after they received complaints by phone, email, and on social media from business owners and residents. Well, it was the planning department who decided to put these stupid things up because somebody somewhere thought this was a cool idea. But yet it was the city council that voted to take it down. And again, I still don't understand why it wasn't even the DPW uh, that that handled these things or decided on it. To uh, eliminate the path, the city council, who has the authority to oversee parking, voted to restore the 65 on-street spots that, uh, that were lost. Counselors and businesses, yada, yada, yada. Uh, bridal parties concerned because they couldn't pull up in front of banquet halls, making it hard for women to, uh, you know, wearing gowns to get across the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, the planning department argued businesses had been notified, although many owners said they either knew nothing about it or didn't understand that they would lose parking. So clearly the planning department didn't do a very good job uh, giving out information. But I, I, love, uh, I love this, and they didn't identify which counselor said this. But when one counselor suggested one of the plastic delineators should be flattened and stored for another uh, use and kept in the planning department to remind staff of the debacle, (laughs) Council President Shane Brooks said he didn't believe that was necessary. Oh, that's too bad. That would have been nice to hang something on the walls out of spite. Here you go, planning department. Here's your your stupid little bike thing. You know, the thing is. Flattened. The thing is, I mean, I've been to Chicopee enough, had an apartment not too far away from there for a, a period of time. I don't remember anyone really riding their bike downtown in Chicopee. No. No. It's like, People it's like, had their bikes stolen in downtown Chicopee. That I, that I believe, especially right in front of that cop sub uh, station, right, well, down, right in front of it. But, you know, the other thing, too, is they and they say that um, very few people are really using the bike path either, which is kind of unfortunate. I mean, that is that is something that you would hope people would use. But I, I, I don't care where you are. I got... I, I don't. I can't say I've seen a lot of bikes out in bike lanes. For all of the bike lanes that we have created in all of our cities and towns around here, and I get it. You know, one bicyclist needs to be separated from vehicular traffic in order for it to be safe. Right. But if you if you look at the amount of usage of these things, you have to say to yourself, was this worth it? You know, if I'm a bicyclist and I and I can't, I mean, I own a bike, but I can't claim that I am a bicyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, the bike paths are great, except there's too many damn people walking all over it. So yeah, you, you don't mean the bike lanes; you mean the bike paths. Like even the bike paths right. that are out there, because right. we spend millions of dollars on these things too. Mm-hmm. It's hard to ride a bike on those things. They should do to those what they did to the roads. You you widen them, and then you create a walking lane. And a bike and a two-way biking lane. Well, you'd have to actually you'd have to have two 
walking lanes, one in each direction. Yeah. Well, and so, then in the middle, two biking lanes. Some of those things you could expand the width, but others, like the one in East Long Meadow, I don't, I don't know if you could. Yeah. You know, yeah. Bottlenecks in some places. Absolutely. It's uh, 727. We have news next to Rock 102. September. It's 7.30 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month receives 60% off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit YankeeHomeImprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. Three years after a discovery that shook the Springfield community, Stuart Weldon admitted in court Tuesday to killing three women less than a month before he was scheduled to go on trial. During a hearing at Camden County Superior Court in Springfield on Tuesday afternoon, the 44-year-old serial killer tearfully pleaded guilty to 39 charges linked to the murders, including multiple counts of kidnapping, aggravated kidnapping, rape, indecent assault, and battery, which is a downgrade from his original aggravated rape charges. He'll be sentenced uh, on Thursday. Weldon initially pleaded guilty to not, I'm sorry, pleaded not guilty to 52 charges. While changing his plea, he wiped tears from his eyes and said, I just want to close this case. Yeah, wiped tears from his eyes. I I didn't realize that um, during uh, his psychiatric evaluation, he admitted to uh, the psychiatrist that he did this, that he was guilty. And yet, uh, you know, I mean, the law allows you to continue to maintain your innocence until you're either proven guilty or formally plead guilty, telling a couple of psychiatrists, while that's not protected information like it would be from a normal psychiatrist because you're there at the court's insistence, um, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute. You already said you did this. Yeah, yeah. but the, that's just evidence that they're going to use at trial right. in order right. to convict him. So whether the, the the good thing is he didn't he he did this deal to save the families at least. Well, he, I don't know if he did that personally for him, did. but yeah. I'm like. The good thing is these families don't have to go through the aggravation and yeah. uh, emotional. Because that would show a level of compassion that I'm not sure he really yeah, has. He, did. I I mean, he, he did it because he probably got some kind of uh, something from the state, whether it was, uh, you know, I mean, everybody, anyone convicted of those kinds of crimes goes to the same prison. It's not like you're going to say, well, you know, we'll keep you in the Ludlow House of Corrections so you'll be close to your family. Um but there could be things that might have incentivized him. Well, the prosecution recommended he serve his life sentence in an out-of-state facility. Well, there's another, there's so another reason. So that's probably yeah. one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. If you go to this jail, you're going to get your ass kicked because a lot of these people probably knew these victims. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, as opposed to you going somewhere else where... You might be safer. Right. A uh, Mass State uh, Police cruiser was hit by a tractor trailer in Weston late Tuesday night. According to a report by the Mass State Police, an unnamed officer was transported to Boston Hospital after his cruiser was hit by a tractor trailer. The officer was working to protect a construction crew in the area. While seriously injured, the officer was reportedly able to radio in the incident uh, calling for assistance. After hitting the cruiser, Mass State Police spokesman uh, Dave Procopios reports the tractor trailer jackknifed or folded in on itself if you didn't know what jackknife mean as of 2 a.m our i-95 southbound was completely shut down with all the southbound traffic being diverted i'm sure it's open by now but imagine still. i can't imagine how often that actually i have a, a friend who was one of my instructors in the academy when i went who uh is a state trooper and uh same thing i believe 
he had either pulled over a tractor trailer or there was a disabled tractor trailer on the side of the highway and it was in a snowstorm. And actually, it might not have been on, in the, on the side of the highway. I think it might have been in the travel lane. And, um, and he got hit just as he was getting out of the car. Uh, so he was half in the car and half out when he got hit and um, had to retire on disability. That's see that sucks. That's the it sucks, and it's yeah. that it's that uh, one of those things you don't normally would think would be the danger of the job. You well, think uh, okay, well you might get shot uh, by somebody in a gunfight uh, if you were in a struggle or beaten up or whatever. Well, I would <clears throat> say state troopers are probably more aware of the possibility of getting taken out by traffic. Yeah, it's not what you were saying about state troopers about uh, a couple yeah, of days ago. Yeah, That's for damn sure. Were, uh, yeah. I believe uh, okay. you were calling them dicks. That's yeah, right. Yeah. very much out of context, but that's good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. We uh-huh. always try to bring yeah. up things that you've said in the past. Yeah, and then keep it to, out of context. Uh, yeah, destroy your credibility. Sure. <laughs> context. Who needs context? Yeah. You mm. said it. A uh, climate change protest was held outside of Governor Charlie Baker's home in Swampscott uh, on Tuesday morning. P- photos showed protesters chained to a large pink boat with climate emergency spray painted on it. The protest had started around 7 a.m. Uh, state police said they ordered the protesters to unchain themselves and disperse, and when they refused and continued obstructing traffic, troopers cut the devices holding the protesters to the boat and took them into custody. Well, it, it wasn't just uh, the troopers who, who took them into custody. It was the, uh, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. That's the name of the kid. That's the name of the protesters. Um, but they had a, um, I thought they had a name here for the uh, group of troopers that took them away. What about God. the name you were calling them about Damn a week it. ago? Yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, there you go. No, I think I must have been looking at the name of the protesters. Are you from Troop D for dicks? <laughs> okay. All right. First Lady Lauren Baker watched from the driveway as police uh, saw the pro- saw the protesters' chains, but public protests outside the governor's easily accessible private home have become fairly common. Uh, Dan Kennedy, a journalism professor at Northeast University, said, I think the neighbors do have a valid gripe. They didn't sign up for any of this. He's got a point there. Yeah. But do you think uh, we should be reporting that the governor lives in an easily accessible house? Well, well it's not. Obviously, people already know where he lives. Yeah, this has been going. Yeah. I remember somebody went oh. into his house. Didn't somebody go into his yeah. house? Yeah. yeah, one time they did that. Yeah, no, here's what it was that I was looking for. After police, after arriving, police asked the protesters dispersed, and when they refused, civil disturbance troopers began cutting the devices. Civil disturbance troopers. Well, I've never heard that before. I've, I've never, yeah, I've never heard of that before. I believe they're known as dicks in that part of the uh, state. Yeah, 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 that's good, Steve. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, that can happen to any, uh, any government official. People know where they live. Their, yeah. their house is not exactly, and it does gotta suck for the neighbors. Yeah, but no one's like no one's reporting, you know, uh, you know Dom Sarno's exact address, and nor should we. I mean, he's well, yes. no, we're not reporting Charlie Baker's exact right. address either. Well, but what do we not have like a governor's mansion? Uh, no, we no. don't. So not we don't have does. one of those. No. But then, so what about? Uh, Deval Patrick, didn't he, like, he had, like, a house out, like, in the middle of the woods out in the Berkshires. Yeah, but, but I, where, I don't did, know if that was his primary residence. I wonder if he, like, had some sort of, uh, you know, 
barrier around his home. Well, they all have state police uh, protection. There, there are state police officers that stay at the house, even probably even when the governor's not there. Um, but again, you know, you, you're one of the neighbors. You got to kind of wander over there on Saturday morning when you're mowing your lawn. Hey, uh, Charlie, uh, you know, uh, the pink boat thing last Tuesday. What was that all about? Ah, I don't know. You know, those crazy kids. And hey, by the way, you want to have a beer together? And, and then they uh, they sit out on the back porch and they have a beer. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know if he does that. I mean, maybe he might. Why not? It's the next door neighbor. They've been next door neighbors long before he was governor. Yeah, but he's, but he's governor now. And uh, oh, yeah. now your neighbors aren't allowed to come over. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do a, a, a gubernatorial pop in. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. would if I lived next door to him. Hey, Charlie, got a cup of sugar I can borrow? You know, if he hadn't moved, Shane Brooks was a very likely next governor. <laughs> And uh... <laughs> no, I don't think he would be. I don't think so. And I wouldn't have had any problem telling him to shut his dog up. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, you know they're talking about the you know the neighbors who are you know upset about all mm-hmm. of this stuff. That's what we're and, talking. Uh, about. I know, but I'm talking about the the story. Mm. Uh, security uh, consultant Dick Perry. Who I believe used to be a state trooper. Uh, <laughs> that makes diff- sense. The difference between lawful protest and the commission of a crime is where the line needs to be drawn. Barry says it's uh, that's likely why arrests were made Tuesday morning and why incidents like the break-in there last October was taken so seriously. Barry says it's also why police tasked with protecting the governor constantly monitor intelligence and adjust security measures to try to eliminate risks. It's, it's also you know kind of interesting when you see these passive protesters you know they're not active they're just they're just sitting there they're just they're chained to the to the uh to the boat um they probably don't even have the key to the lock i'm sure the troopers probably stand them up and go through their pockets well you're going to search them anyway um but you know they're you you see the video on 22 and they're just standing there you know, and they're not even, they don't even seem to be conversing. They're not talking to each other. They're not talking to the troopers. The troopers aren't talking to them. And they're just, they're just sitting there. But you're blocking the driveway. Yeah. And then they're just waiting to be cut from, from the chain. Mm. And again, they're passive. They're not fighting being taken into custody. They simply maybe stand up or get lifted up and then handcuffed and then Stuffed into a car. Could you just move like ten feet so we can get the governor out to the no. state house today? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> please. No. no. Come on, pretty please. Well, we're we're here for the duration. Right. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? The duration is going to be about another seven minutes. Not to to judge a book by its cover here, but we're talking about dudes who are chained up on a pink boat. Are they really that intimidating? I don't know. I'd take my chances. It's the principle of the whole thing. Guys. I understand. I understand. Lava from a volcano on Spain's Canary Islands has reached the sea after days of wiping out hundreds of homes and forcing the evacuations of thousands of residents. Columns of steam that experts had warned could contain toxic gases shot upward when the bright red molten rock tumbled into the Atlantic Ocean. The area had been evacuated for several days as authorities waited for the lava to reach the water. Its erratic flows and changes in the terrain has slowed its progress. Lava flows uh, from the September 19th eruption on La Palma have destroyed at least 656 buildings. I'm trying to remember what they said is the chemical reaction when the lava hits the ocean water. It, it creates 
some kind of a, of a system that can then generate its own weather, I thought they said. But um, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not, I mean, obviously wiping out all those homes is not good, but it's not like everybody's going to go, oh, thank God, now it's flowing to the ocean. Wiping out all these homes. You built your house next to a volcano. Well, yeah, but you didn't know which way the lava, first of all, the, the, the volcano hasn't erupted in 100 years. All right, so I think I'm pretty safe building my house here. It's no different than building a house on the on the coast and then worrying about hurricanes. But I also didn't know the lava was going to flow right into my pool. Right. I didn't know when I bought this home next to this volcano. Yes, but <laughs> there's a lot of people in a circle around the volcano. Who knows where the lava is going to flow? So uh, I'm reading up on this now because uh, when lava oh. hits seawater at the temperature around 12, uh, 2,100 degrees, which, if I'm not mistaken, is rather hot. It's Fahrenheit or Celsius? Uh, Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. Uh, not only does, the, uh, does, the, uh, does it boil away the water, but it heats the salt molecules in the water and leaves behind a number of different uh, things like magnesium chloride. Oh, well, that's the uh, good stuff. Now, it's really not the good stuff. You don't really want to be around that when it's happening. Even, Mag-C, they call it. No, I just think they call it magnesium chloride. But but nevertheless, you want to, uh, you want to avoid that. Uh, and it's funny how many people still want to get real close to the flow of lava. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, you know, I've always been uh, kind of confused by that. Like, how many people, when a volcano is active and there's lava flowing down the mountain and it's burning everything in its path, how many people want to get real close to it to take a picture of, of, of the burning lava? Well, because they think it's moving so slow and it's so avoidable. And, and it's not like a, a tidal wave. You yeah. know, I mean, it's this semi solid. Uh, substance, right? Well, I mean, it may not. It, 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 <laughs> the problem is, it, 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 it may be moving slow, but it doesn't tire out. No, it keeps no. flowing. Yeah, you know, at some point you tire out and you got to take a breath. The lava doesn't wait around for that kind of thing. It just keeps flowing. So uh, I when don't give a f. When you no, were, it doesn't. When you were saying about you don't know which way the lava is going to go. Yeah. Do you not know where you're going to go either? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna go in the volcano blow. Ah, uh-huh. 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 well, Jimmy Buffett yeah, yeah. reaction. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Hmm. You didn't like that? Or we don't. No? We're not, yeah, we're not yeah. Buffett fans at all. No, not at all. How could in you? In fact, not I'd be like a... to see Jimmy Buffett dropped into a volcano. How could you not be a Buffett fan? Jimmy Buffett is the kind of music people listen to when they don't actually like music. Yeah, I would. I, like I said, I'd like to see him dropped into one. Well, come Monday, I'm going to change your mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Tyler Pence from Illinois on Sunday won the Quad Cities Marathon after two Kenyan marathoners accidentally took the wrong route. Oops. Oh, well. Kenyan runners Elijah Manwing Salo and Luke Kibet were far ahead of Pence midway through the race when they spotted a race volunteer bicyclist who accidentally led them in the wrong direction. The pair followed the cyclist, who instead of turning in the direction of the path, biked straight ahead. Pence, uh, who's 28 years old, finished with uh, a personal best of two hours, 15 minutes, and six seconds to pocket the first place prize of $3,000. Man. And the uh, win also gave uh, the U.S. its first Quad Cities Marathon champion since 2001. Is this the first time this bicyclist has been involved? That's what I don't understand. And there's only one? 
he the, the race director confirmed that the volunteer cyclists went the wrong way, but faults the Kenyans for ignoring clear markers and signage and following his lead. Well, then why didn't the bicyclists follow the clear signing and markage? He says he messed up royally. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, you see they're also uh, apologizing uh, up in Boston because the organizers of the uh, Boston Marathon, which has been moved because of COVID, to October will in fact be running on Indigenous People Day. And uh, that now the marathon is seeking to make amends by throwing the spotlight on a member of Rhode Island's Narragansett tribe who won the race twice back in the 30s and in fact inspired the name Heartbreak Hill, which is the most difficult section of the entire race. But uh, because they rescheduled it on Indigenous People Day, they the people got upset. Oh no no no! We meant to honor that guy from Narragansett. Yeah you yeah yeah. That's right. what we were doing that all along. The, we we, we planned this was surprise. Yeah, yes. Well, you know what? Then they should just move it to Columbus Day weekend. Oh no! Oh no! We can't do that. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee, it's going to be uh, sunny with a high of sixty six today. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of sixty two. It's 45 right now in downtown Springfield. Next time you're at the beverage cooler, look for the black and white can. It's Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air roasted. Look for the black and white can now at uh, every Big Y Express. And that's your Fogbuster forecast and the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. In the mood for a delicious burger? Join the 99 restaurants. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 752. And ACDC and Rock 102. Sun and clouds today and tomorrow. Uh, normal high right now is 70, but today's only going to get to 65, and tomorrow is only supposed to be about 61. It is still 47 in downtown Springfield. You know, missing a Bax and O'Brien show on the day that it broadcasted used to be a real problem because then you couldn't hear any of it, and there was uh, it was our word against yours. Now uh, you can go and check out the Bax and O'Brien daily podcast and uh, kind of check up on us, take notes if you have to. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, or directly from BaxnoBrian.com. You can also check out Baxi's uh, musical podcast this week. My enormous record collection looks at 1969's debut album by the band The MC5, Kick Out the Jams. Cool story, and you can check that out on BaxnoBrian.com. They just did a story on the Today Show about Britney Spears having a court hearing today. The U.S. Sun has uh, an interesting story as well that Britney Spears' father, may be in some serious trouble. The uh, latest FX on Hulu documentary episode says that the father has crossed unfathomable lines because he had her room bugged and her phone mirrored and that supposedly the security company that had been hired to keep her safe um, violated the law. At the father's direction. Mm. And and California, like Massachusetts, is a two-state law, a two-state, two-party state when it comes to recording conversations. Both parties have to be aware and, and consent to the recording. And uh, even though this would be Jamie Spears probably, I don't know, maybe it's not even his home, but it, it's not like a parent can say, well, it's my house, I can do whatever I want. No, no, you can't. If the child has their own room, particularly their own phone, right? you can't bug the phone. And when your child is over 30 years old and should be able to take care of herself, 
uh, even more so because then it's yeah. a violation of her privacy. So he could actually uh, he could be in trouble here. That would be interesting. Well, I got to tell you, this whole thing is really interesting because you know these conservatorships are usually meant for people who are incapacitated in some way. Mm-hmm. They're not usually permanent, and they're not usually meant for someone who was young enough uh, and uh, is not incapacitated. I mean, she is able to make some of her own decisions, and that's some. what she's that's what she has asked for yeah. in in uh, getting this thing. Removed, and but, but when she was put into it, I I think she was incapacitated. Um, there, maybe not yeah. physically, but clearly mentally. Mentally, yes. Yeah. Physically, she was uh, she was right as rain. But mm-hmm. you know, over a period of time, you know, the conservatorship of someone in her situation usually goes away. Usually, doesn't last 13, 14 years. Yeah, Th- well, this is this is a very unusual case. And it really kind of you know, gives people a little bit of a question about, you know, what a conservatorship is really there to do. Yeah, but I got to tell you, I told you this before, a couple of maybe a month ago when she first came out and had this big statement that she made. Um, I think it was on video that she did it. She still seemed very scattered, very scatterbrained. Yeah. Sure. You know, and, and having a hard time. Putting her thoughts and words together, but is a concern. Well, but you know, she also may have been medicated too. Is the conservator? What are the limits of the conservatorship? There aren't any. There's no rules. It's like Thunderdome. No, there there are rules, and whether or not uh, Jamie Spears followed them is the big question. Yeah, and you know, there are many people. The whole free Britney uh, movement is saying he's gone beyond the capacity and the scope of this thing, and has been for years. Yeah. I'm thinking about joining that group, by the way. It's uh, 756 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Save yourself 30% at the 350. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock-solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, this nation's colleges and universities are loaded with very stupid people. Having graduated college myself during five and a half grueling years of amassing a sizable amount of debt, I can tell you the place was crawling with idiots. And on some days, I was their leader. Nevertheless, sometimes things just work out for the best in spite of a mountain of evidence suggesting otherwise. For example, yesterday a grand jury in Lexington, Kentucky chose not to indict six Kentucky Wildcat football players on first-degree burglary charges. Now, I'm sure you've heard the tired old adage, you can indict a ham sandwich. And in Kentucky, that's probably true as well. But in this case, you'd be hard-pressed to prove that six ham sandwiches didn't just walk into a private party with weapons drawn because their invitations must have gotten lost in the mail. In this case, all six football players were asked to leave a party last month that they were not invited to. Offended by this, the six Kentucky football players left, but then came back with one player allegedly returning with a gun. All six players pleaded not guilty last August, including Quick Draw McGraw with the itchy trigger finger. Yesterday, the grand jury heard the case and decided not to indict any of these young men. Now, in all fairness, the members of the jury had some other considerations to keep in mind. First of all, there's probably a lack of evidence. But more importantly, the Kentucky Wildcats are undefeated this season. Plus, they're hosting the number 10 Florida Gators on Saturday night. And really, indicting these guys might have put the Wildcats in a difficult position, especially with their upcoming schedule. 
Listen, I know people want justice, and I'm sure there are a fair number of people who would like to see these guys charged with some sort of crime. But if six Division I football players showed up at my door and wanted to crash my party, I would probably let them right in and make them comfortable. Whereas these college students were stupid enough to say, go away. And that is why sometimes college students are idiots. But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, maybe you have a natural instinct for paint colors, or maybe you should talk to Lindsay at the Ludlow Rockies because Lindsay definitely has an eye for paint colors. She's a talented young woman with uh, loves to help good people just like you. Good people like Lindsay and rock solid service at the paint department at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 806 and Pat Benatar on Rock 102. Sunny early and then partly cloudy later today. A high of 65, still uh, 47 in downtown Springfield. Got the uh, the big game on Sunday night. Yep, we'll be talking to uh, Scott Zolak tomorrow around uh, this time. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I already pay for uh, the New York Times. and, uh, and Why? Uh, because I get a lot of information out of it. And for some reason... Uh, I don't insist on being reimbursed, which I probably should. Um, and and there are a lot of news organizations now that have gone to pay versions on the Internet. And uh, one of them, which I never really thought about before, but now all of a sudden, through the Drudge Report, I'm seeing a lot of interesting stories in the Wall Street Journal. And, uh, and, you, and you got to pay for that one, too. You do have to pay for that one. And I, I don't even know how much. I didn't even look into it. But this morning they have a, a, an interesting looking article, at least from the first three lines I could read before it says you have to pay, uh, of Tom Brady talking about life after football. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's always kind of interesting too. I don't care whether it's a presidential candidate or a president for that matter. Um, how does one organization get access to someone that? everyone is probably trying to get access to at the same time. You know, the other day they had, uh, I think it was uh, Robin Roberts doing this interview with Barack Obama. You know, I mean, any one of the networks would love to have an exclusive interview with Barack Obama. Right. How does, how does ABC or maybe even more importantly, Robin Roberts get that opportunity? I mean, you got George Stephanopoulos who was a part of the Clinton administration. So he's a Democrat a Democratic former president, you think he would get the interview? I think Not, there are people inside the network who are even fighting against each other, let alone networks fighting against themselves. So it's or uh, among each other. It, it it is very very complicated, and sometimes depending on who you are, if you if you agree to an interview with one network, you oftentimes agree to do an interview with the other networks and later. Later, exactly, but because you can't do two at the same time, but that's neither here nor well, there. Well, but I mean, you know, like uh, weeks so that that first network can promote it as an exclusive an ex- an ex- interview. They'll all fight for that. Yeah. And, and if uh, if whoever is being interviewed says, you know, I'm not really interested in giving anything exclusive here, then, you know, then they'll just, they'll deal with it depending on how badly they want this interview. But, uh, I mean, there's such a, you know, the staff of, of, professional interview bookers that these networks have it's pretty elaborate i mean this mm-hmm. is this is what they do and you know they have direct lines to publicists or to agents or whatever it is and that's how they land these interviews and the underlying rule is supposed to be you don't pay for the, the interviews 
the underlying um, rule. Networks will typically not pay for most interviews. Right. Unless, and the Wall Street Journal probably doesn't either. Unless it's one of these things where it's it's a story that is like unfolding. Mm. Like, for example, I'm sure someone probably paid for Tanya Harding to talk for the first time. You know, when uh, after uh, all that big debacle with the with the whacking of Nancy Kerrigan's knees. I mean, that's like one of those sensational stories where you can see like a tabloid I was gonna type say, of uh, you know organization yeah, paying for it. Right, right. Not, and by tabloid, you mean supermarket tabloid type, not uh, a tabloid, not even well, like the could, New York Post. It could be. Uh, I don't even think the New York Post would pay for it, and that's a tabloid. When I say tabloid, I mean it could also be things like uh, you know Entertainment Tonight or Current yeah. Affair, or any of those other dumb shows. Mm. Hey, come on now. And Mary Hart was great until I started having those, uh, those seizures, right? Yeah. yeah, because of her voice. Speaking of uh, speaking of big game, and you know, I know we've talked about before about uh, who's the who's the big guy here? Is it Belichick or is it Brady? Who can't live without the other one? So Twenty Two News, because they're airing the game Sunday night, showed uh, a couple of interesting stats this morning. Bill Belichick, without Tom Brady has a record of 62 and 74. Tom Brady without Bill Belichick has a record of 13 and 6. Mhm. So, I think that answers the question. I don't think that answers very much of anything. Oh, first of all, you're dealing with a team sport. Uh-huh. Okay. Tom Brady has got a lot of things going on that the Patriots do not have for say like a Mac Jones, for example. They got an offensive line that uh, that protects Tom Brady. They got defense that prote- that that helps Tom Brady. They got a lot of things that uh, that uh, the the Patriots have struggled to get. Now the Patriots have spent money to make things a little bit easier, but they, they haven't gelled at this point. So to me, it's like, well, what you know, what is it? To me, it's like, you know, the, it's like the sum of the parts. You know, it's mm. like. They kind of need each other for greatness. I mean, Bruce Arians is a, is a is a great coach. I'm not taking anything away from that guy, but Bill Belichick's a great coach too. And yeah, Tom Brady's a great player, but Tom Brady's a better quarterback with Bill Belichick calling the shots no, than with not. anybody else. No, apparently no, not because he's 13 and six without him. Yeah, but he's but he's also played one single season mm-hmm. and a handful of games beyond that, and one of them he just lost. Yeah, well, you're not going to win them all, but 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 <laughs> Belichick, but Belichick lost more than he won. Yeah, but he also was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, which set him back a few uh, a few wins too, and the NYJs. AC right. of the NYJ. Yeah. Well, th- nevertheless, the uh, other the other cool thing that they showed on 22 is some guy. They were, I think, they were showing like his uh, his online handle. Uh, bought a billboard. Uh, I I presume it. Uh, well, I shouldn't presume anything. I don't know if it's on the Mass Pike or if it's on Route One out in uh, in Foxborough. But he bought a billboard that uh, has these animated uh, animals that you'll understand when I tell you what the billboard says. Uh, on one side, it says owl. No longer wise without goat. And on the owl side is an owl with a hoodie. <laughs> and on the goat side, I believe it was, I, I think it was a goat body with Brady's head on it. But, uh, yeah, this guy actually bought the billboard. And just, these are not cheap. Owl no longer wise without goat. 
and he probably just bought it for the week. It's right. probably going to come down on Monday, uh, but that's actually pretty funny. Well, to go back a little bit, uh, Bill Belichick never coached an actual game for the New York Jets. I know. Yeah. And, but his uh, his record with uh, the with Cleveland from ninety one to ninety five, real spotty. In fact, he only had one winning season there. Yeah. yeah. But you know things. You know the thing is, it's like, you know when you listen. Let me just uh, let me just uh, give us for example. You know, prior to me coming here, neither one of us were going anywhere. You know, I mean, my my uh, career had stalled. Your career had stalled. It was you, where, who it was, told you my career had stalled? I heard your show. Anyway, uh, the career had stalled, and then you get us together, and all of a sudden, boom, it's like magic. It's like all this chemistry that uh, that had been missing suddenly fulfills itself, and then you blossom for years to come. Same thing with Belichick and Brady, okay? Uh, Belichick you know, starts coaching in uh, 2000 in New England, and then Bob. Boom! All of a sudden, things start looking rosy as hell. What now, did you just say? Belichick starts coaching in New England, and all the thing, all of a sudden, things look rosy as hell. Well, I mean, not until 2001. Yeah, that I first was going to say, he was how, five and eleven. But how many seasons was he with Bledsoe? Uh, one. That's it. I think two, one? 2001, He went eleven and five and won a Super Bowl in, right. his, in his second season right. in New England. So, uh, you know, again, it's just like, you know, once you have everything in place and there's no real rhyme or reason as to why things gel just the way they do, it just, you know, it, it works organically. I mean, he, from 91 to 2001, he was just, eh, he seemed to be statistically okay. Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady comes along, all of a sudden he's got someone who can play the game. Yeah. So that so- changes that changes the way he coaches. And so then, uh, so and, let's say I retire and uh, you stay here. Yeah. And uh, and you're working with uh, Steve yeah. or uh, Dave. Uh, you you think it's going to be just as as popular as this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> All right. Please. All right. Uh, are you are you arrogant Mr. enough to believe that Mr. success Hoodie? couldn't happen without you? Uh, that's not really what I'm saying. Okay, well then there mm. you go. Then yeah. don't uh, then don't project that. Uh-huh. Don't project it. You're the one who just put the whole scenario together. No, but I was talking in terms of us in, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. You decided to, instead to uh, to tear it down insensitively and, no, and I'm, hurt I'm my feelings. The same comparison as the Belichick Brady thing. Listen, it's, it's it's never the same. I mean, unless you're Van Halen and David Lee Roth goes away, but Sammy Hagar fills in and they have even more success. Maybe you not. Said maybe you preferred uh, David Lee Roth. Oh yeah, sure. They don't have the same credibility, but as far as commercial appeal, I mean, obviously, uh, Sammy Hagar brought a little bit more to the table. Then why was he called Hagar the Horrible? He wasn't. That was a different uh, a different thing altogether. No, nevertheless, uh, I think uh, I think Monday night, uh, Sunday night rather. Um, I, I, like I said yesterday, I'd like to go to uh, maybe Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, this afternoon and put down some serious money. But, again, I don't really know how to bet, and I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers are the favorites anyhow. They probably are, and I would look that up. But, of course, of course uh, you know, gambling sites are not allowed here on our radio station computers. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, I would like to see uh, the Patriots gel and bury Tom Brady. Not that's going to happen. That's what I would like to see. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying that out of any you know, hurtful spite. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'd like mm-hmm. to see it. 
It, it would be to me. It would be uh, it would be good to see. I'm hearing stories of people saying, "Oh yeah, Tom Brady would love to, you know, beat the Patriots by 30 points." Come on, let's be realistic here. He wouldn't care if he beat him by three points. No, I mean, I mean Tom Brady. All Tom Brady wants to do is walk out of there with a win. That's yeah. all he cares about. I mean. If he is able to score uh, thirty, you know, run thirty points on the Patriots, uh, you know, I'm sure he's not going to argue with it. But yeah, you know, it, it's probably not going to happen that way. No, but he is going to go out a winner. I don't necessarily say that because, mm-hmm. like, on any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. That's and during the, the day, not any given Sunday night. Well, it could be a Sunday night. That is a given day, and in this case, the day they've been given is Sunday night mm-hmm. on prime time. Yeah, that's another problem. Yeah. Well, you can join me in Northampton. I'll be at the deck from uh, 6 to 8 just before the game for the uh, the pregame party. And you win prizes, and there'll be food and uh, live music. Should be a damn fine time. The postgame party probably won't be that much fun for Patriot fans. Well, I don't know that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just assume that the postgame party will be a, a rip-snorting good time when they walk out of there with a win. The Buccaneers, you mean? Patriots. I want the Patriots to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the Patriots to bury this old guy. Uh, good luck with right that. In the, right in the ground is what I want. Yeah. By the way, Belichick's older. I'm talking about the old. No one's talking the about goat. how old that guy is. People talk about how old Tom Brady is. He's too old to be playing. It's all going to dry up real, real quick. But not Sunday. Oh, I hope it's on Sunday. That's what I hope. And, bo- and by the way, before you ask, I'm not betting with you. I'm not even asking. I know, but it's it's percolating in your no, mind. No, it's somewhere. not because I know that you're a big baby, and, uh, no, and you you don't want to. You'll never put your money where your mouth is. It's not about that. I have obligations financially that uh, that you don't have. Oh, I see. Your obligations prevent you from being able to to put down a lousy little ten thousand dollars on a bet. Yes, please. Yes. Well, come Kids on. in college, uh, you know, child support payments. Yeah. Uh, Imagine, uh, imagine my, how much easier those payments would be with an extra ten thousand dollars. Since you're so convinced they're going to win, well, uh, I listen. I'm not slapping down ten grand for that. No, thank you, sir. Five. No. See, this is what I mean. No, I'm not doing it. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not a gambler. That's why I said uh, I wasn't even thinking about it's it. It's not even about the payment. You know what it is? It's like I don't want to hear you gloating if they, if they, if they, if uh, Tampa winds up winning. Well, I, I won't probably because oh, I don't yeah. want people to know I'm walking around with that kind of cash. Oh, I will. T- I yeah, right. That's it. Yes, yeah, you'll, that's you'll a- gloat and you'll shove it right in my face. In fact, you know what? I will. Uh, I would prefer you pay me with uh, PayPal or Venmo. How about Bitcoin? Would you take no, Bitcoin? No, I can't take Bitcoin. Well, I'm definitely going to pay you in Bitcoin. All right, you just said it. Ten thousand dollar Bitcoin bet. I was lying. You usually are. <laughs> no way. Not a chance. Day 20 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Enjoy the perks of National Coffee Day at Dunkin'. Uh, 823 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. All right? Yeah, no, it's fine. Just a little uh, little glitch in the uh, in Trying the, to figure out how system. that Bitcoin works? No, I'm not even looking at, uh, at, that, at the Bitcoin. Anyway, uh, there you go. <clears throat> where, where do we go? What do you mean I was a little go? discombobulated uh, trying to figure out what happened, and uh, there you have it. Is it discombobulated? Or discompopulated? Bobulated, I think. And what does being combobulated mean? I don't really know. I've never been combobulated. Because you got to be combobulated in order to be discombobulated, I would think. Uh, Doesn't that make sense? Yes, I, I suppose that's uh, that's true. But I don't know anyone who's ever been 
discombobulated. I don't know if I'd recognize it. Off the top of my head. I don't know if I'd recognize it. I could very well find out. I don't know if it's a medical thing that a doctor has to diagnose or someone can just self-diagnose and say, you know, I believe today I'm feeling kind of combobulated. I don't even know if it's a medical condition where you could go to a doctor and say, what do you got for combobulation? Oh, well, we've got uh, this medication that's kind of new. It's uh, on a trial basis. Got, I don't know if they've got the, like a, like a, like a tri, you know, medical trials on combobulation. Yeah. It's, a, it's a vaccine. More people are willing to take the combobulated vaccine than the COVID vaccine. Well, you know, at least <laughs> my guess is if it was a, a choice between COVID vaccine mm-hmm. and combobulation vaccine, right. people would be much more willing to take the combobulation yeah, that's what than I'm the COVID because... Yeah, combobulation is not necessarily a government conspiracy. Right, right, and uh, and people are some people can be very stupid about this whole thing. I, I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen any numbers yet. Uh, well, wait a minute. No, I did, but I don't remember where it was. Some hospital system somewhere yesterday, I believe, fired 150 people Jesus. because they wouldn't get the uh, they wouldn't get the vaccine by a certain by that date. I saw a story to, uh, this morning. I'm trying to remember where the, uh, what the source was, but they said, you know, at this point, so many people are being so resistant uh, uh, in other parts of the country, not so much here like in Massachusetts or, you know, Vermont, you know, the states that are kind of leading the way in mm-hmm. vaccination rates. But at this point, there's absolutely no way that we could ever expect herd immunity for COVID. No. And as a result— it's not likely that COVID is ever going to go away. Yep. And that this will be something we'll be fighting for a long, long time. Yep. Because you got people who are just, uh, I don't know. Well, I, you know I've the, gotten the, past the point of calling them names. There's a there's actually a, a pretty sizable population of people that aren't getting it, not because they believe in some sort of conspiracy about it, and not because there's certain you know medical conditions that prevent them from doing it, some people aren't doing it because they're just too lazy to go and get the uh, to go and get it. Well, we'll like see could, how lazy they are when they're laying in an ICU on a respirator. I'm, I, Although I got to imagine you're a lot lazier then. Yeah, it, it's not really a, a time to get to to get cracking on no. all those things you wanted to uh, to 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 do. Because at that point, you're completely discombobulated. Right. There's a uh, there's a woman that I uh, went to high school with. She's uh, she's got it now. She's and got the COVID, or she got the vaccine. She's got the COVID, uh-huh. and she's been uh, she's been posting on Facebook, which like at, that would be like the last thing on my mind. But uh, but she's been doing it, and she's saying between you know the pain that she's uh, been enduring, mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the the breathing and the 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 labor involved in just taking a breath. Yeah. Um. You, you know. My understanding is this is a breakthrough case, and she's gotten very, very sick. But she was vaccinated. She was vaccinated, Mm -hmm. but she's like, you know, even if you're vaccinated, getting this is very bad. Yeah. So taking care of yourself and doing the right thing, you know, makes sense. You know, not everybody, not some of these breakthrough cases are going to be symptomatic. What I find that doesn't make sense is the person with COVID who says, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Why not? It's your worst enemy. Not everybody wishes the worst on their worst enemy. Well, some some people actually have compassion for other people. First of all, how many enemies do you got? What what does that one person have to do to make themselves the worst enemy? Well, my guess is 
it's something a lot worse than all the other enemies. So yeah. why would you not wish something? Well, because sometimes you know there's a there's a moral. Uh, I don't know if it's an obligation, just or just a, a moral thing within you that doesn't wish harm on other people, including uh, your worst enemy, including and especially uh, your worst and enemy. especially. Mm. What do you mean? And especially. Well, sometimes forgiveness in life is actually. So, in other words, you'd prefer to see it on your second worst enemy than on your worst no, enemy. No, I, I wish no harm to anybody. Yeah. Uh, regardless what? of how miserable of a person they may be, no matter how they may have wronged me in the past, I wish no ill will. What is the color of the sky in your world? It's as blue as anybody else's, and I'm not necessarily motivated by spiteful revenge. And that is why you will never get anywhere. I've gotten here. You think if you think this is the golden end. <laughs> Well, let's you better hope start not. Hoping, you better start hoping for worse than this. It's 828 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Rock 102's Pro Picks Pool is underway at rock102.com. Your call. 831 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Porter and Chester. Group tours going on now at the Chickabee Campus. Visit Porter Chester EDU to learn more. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. Three years after the after a discovery that shook the Springfield community, Stuart Weldon admitted in court Tuesday to killing three women less than a month before he was scheduled to go on trial. During a, ha- a hearing in Hamden Superior Court in Springfield on Tuesday afternoon, the 44-year-old serial killer tearfully pleaded guilty to 39 charges linked to the murders, including multiple counts of kidnapping, aggravated uh, kidnapping, rape, indecent assault, and battery which is a downgrade from the original aggravated rape charges. He will be sentenced uh, Thursday. And, you know, granted, we don't have a death sentence here in Massachusetts, but uh, my guess is Stewart was going, well, wait a minute, how long is this trial going to be? Like uh, three, four weeks? i got to be in that building for three or four weeks? That's a death sentence. It sounds, uh, yeah, it is. I'm sure that's well, what he was worried about. Yeah. But but it sounds, you know, we talked last hour. There sounds like there was something involved uh, between the prosecution and the and the defense. Oh, yeah. The deal made. The prosecution recommended he serve his life sentence in an out-of-state facility. Mm-hmm. But I bet he also just didn't want to be in that courthouse for uh, a couple of day, a couple of weeks. I don't want to be in here and sucking in all this mold. What do you think? I don't read the papers? Yeah, I see mu- what's going on here. I'd much rather go right to a maximum security exactly. prison. No matter what state it's in. Well, I mean, if you're, you, you know, your lawyer is the one that's supposed to tell you, hey, look, uh, I don't think you're going to get out of this. They have all this evidence. They have you telling you, you admitting to all of this stuff. To a psychi- Yeah, you told the psychiatrist you did this. Uh, it's not going to work out for you well, Stuart. Stuart. It's Here, just not going to happen. It's not going to be well done. Oh, oh listen to you. you. Taking a horrible story and making a, uh, an offensive pun. I don't know about offensive. That's not, yeah, it's not offensive. No. It's a little insensitive. No. Uh, no, because he's a scumbag and he's going to jail, so it's really not. Me? No, that guy. Oh, that guy. No, it's a different geez, scumbag. Man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah, you're a different type of scumbag. Yeah, all right. 
I don't mind I, that. I distinct my classy scumbags from my non-classy scumbags. I see. I'm, I'm one of the classier you ones? You are one of the oh, classier yeah, okay. Okay. You're cool. a scumbag with real sophistication. Well, that's what I'm aiming for. At around 1 p.m. Sunday afternoon, a marked Enfield Police Department cruiser was hit by a driver in the Target parking lot, according to a news release by the Enfield Police. Uh, Sounds like were... a bullseye to me. Oh, booyah! Look at you with the... Uh, with the... <laughs> I know. <clears throat> with the puns today, huh? Mm-hmm. Police were called to the area for a robbery. After locating a suspect in his vehicle, officers attempted to verify his identity. Police then report that they believed the man was reaching for a weapon when they attempted to remove him from his SUV. At this point, the man allegedly responded by backing up and forcing the officers against the nearby vehicle. The man then sped off, hitting a police cruiser as he attempted to get away. This led to a chase that was ultimately ended out of concern for public safety. The man was driving a Honda CRV with Connecticut license plate AW64774 and was last seen driving southbound on I-91 near exit 35 in Worcester, or I'm sorry, in Windsor. Uh, those with information about uh, the whereabouts of this man are asked to call the Enfield police. Hmm. Lucky uh, he's lucky they didn't shoot him. Uh, he's very lucky. Yeah. A uh, Chickabee woman who uh, police say caused traffic chaos last week by dancing in the middle of a busy street in Holyoke wearing a hazmat suit and gas mask is facing multiple charges. She was, was she playing dancing in the streets? I was thinking exactly that. Yeah, yeah. The Ludlow Police Department said 46-year-old Naomi Tetherly was charged with failure to stop for police. I'm sorry. Hey. She, so she was doing this in Ludlow? Yes. But she's a Chickabee woman? Yes. And I thought I heard something about Hoyoke. Uh, where did we do Maybe that was her next stop. No, I, maybe I'm mixing it up. Uh, Holyoke Street. That's oh, what it oh, was. oh, okay. Uh, that's, oh, that's, that's where you yeah, see. Yeah. I thought you said a Holyoke Street. It was Holyoke Street in Ludlow. You're talking about the a Holyoke Street? No. Who's an a hole? Uh, a Holyoke. Oh, <laughs> Holyoke. On Tuesday, September 21st, officers responded to the intersection of Holyoke Street and Kendall Street for the incident and saw a vehicle parked on the corner, causing traffic issues for drivers traveling westbound. The officers located Tetherly near the vehicle, standing in the roadway while wearing a hazmat biohazard suit with full face gas mask, according to the department. When, just uh, dancing. Just dancing. When ordered to uh, stop, Tetherly said is to have taken Tetherly is said to have taken off in a vehicle and leading police on a low speed chase. Hmm. That began at Ludlow. How she got to her vehicle. Continued through Chicopee in the nine to two ninety one, where officers were assisted by state troopers. Uh, she was eventually escorted out of the vehicle without incident. You know, uh, what I have not heard in the story yet is whether or not she was a good dancer. Well, you know, well, you're wearing a hazmat suit and a gas mask. I don't know that I really want to be uh, ranked based on my dancing abilities at that point. Well, I don't know. I mean, you, there's certainly, like, costuming that goes on in Broadway shows. Uh, even Dancing with the Stars, they wear costumes. Mm, I don't know. You ever hear of an like interpretive artistic dance? Yeah, but we don't know that this woman was a professional. Yeah. Well, you know, but she's just dancing in the streets in her spare time. That's it. There's any number of reasons why people go uh, do these rogue things. I guess. Yeah. Some of them have to do with mental illness. Yeah. Others have to do with drugs. And sometimes and you just got to dance. Sometimes, yeah. I was going to say sometimes you just you know you got the right you got the right outfit and you want to just let it out. A uh, Turner's Falls woman was among a number of people arrested during an environmental protest at the home of Governor Charlie Baker. Eight activists, including 38-year-old Nora Maynard of Turner's Falls, was arrested on Tuesday morning after they refused to unchain themselves from a boat which was parked outside of Baker's residence in Swampscott. 
The demonstrators were part of a group calling itself Extinction Rebellion Boston. I don't know how big the governor's house is. I mean, I imagine it's probably pretty big. But, um, you know, you wonder at some point, did uh, maybe Mrs. Baker or one of the younger Bakers go, uh, Hey, uh, Dad, you got the state police uh, around the house all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why? What, what's going on? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of people parking a pink boat at the bottom of the driveway. You know, it's like, did they not, did they not see this happening before these people were able to get out of the boat, run a chain through what I presume was the trailer, and lock themselves into it? It's like the woman in the hazmat suit being able to make it to her car Oh. And 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 flee when she's already surrounded by the police. But if you have a security detail, their probably job is to protect that property versus leaving the post to go out in the street to see what's going on. Yeah, but you also have to worry that that might be a decoy, a decoy. You know, and that something else might be about to happen as well. That, that's what I mean. That's yeah. probably why they weren't taken away um, right away. I think uh, I don't know. It just seems like. It, it, somebody in the house might have said, Dad, did you order a pink boat? <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a pizza. Should yeah, be here yeah. from Grubhub in no time at all. Or his wife was like, "I, you want a boat? I told you we weren't going to do this without agreeing on it together. Well, but honey, it's the end of the season. <laughs> it was it's, cheap. And it's pink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the problem with protests, especially the ones that are you know trying to you know exact some sort of change in society yeah I know. and then you you know at the end of the day you know you don't really get what you're looking for you get arrested on a pink boat yeah it's not exactly what anybody had in mind when they agreed to take part of the protest well they must have i mean you know the pink boat didn't just manifest overnight i'm sure somebody somewhere decided to paint this boat pink in order to make their statement I don't know what. Maybe, but you know, you know, to me, if all that you get is uh, an arrest record out of this thing, it, you kind of failed. I wonder, uh, you know, <laughs> was, was the boat registered? Was the trailer registered? You know, what they should have done to make more of a statement. What? Get those uh, inflatable uh, like canoes that look like lady parts from the Big E. You yeah. Ever see those? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Uh, they're they're canoes that look like lady parts. <laughs> yeah. It's, you mean uh, like breasts? Uh, no. No. Dolores, mm. if you know what oh, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, you're allowed to get them wet? Well, I don't know. Well, I guess you could get them wet. You'd have to. If they're, they're boats. No, it's, it's, they're not boats. They're just, they're loungers. It's, it's, for, it's, it's, it's one of these, like, uh, it's almost like parachute material. But a lounger ah, yeah. that you would put in a pool or on the water? Uh, no, on the beach or uh, next oh. to the pool. Oh, oh, oh I see. Okay. Yes, but I mean, you, you could you could have made a, uh, more of a statement by saying, "Hey, look, we're in our lady part uh, canoes, our douche canoes, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're making a statement here." I think that would have we're been our, yeah. better. We call this our gravy boat. <laughs> well, that's gross. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? Didn't I just say to you yesterday when doing enough stories out of Leiden? We, yeah, yeah, you did say that. Leiden yeah. residents have begun circulating a petition calling for the removal of the town's police chief. The petition was in response to an allegation that police chief Dan Galvis had sent inappropriate emails to subordinates a number of years ago. 
The emails came to light following uh, Galvez's decision not to reappoint Police Sergeant Tina Riddell, who was among the officers who allegedly received the emails. The Leiden Select Board has a hearing scheduled uh, for October 18th to discuss the email further, I- issue further. In Leiden, it t- how many people need to sign a petition? I don't know. How, what's the uh, what's the reason for this hostile overthrow? Eh, he must have sent something out. Uh, obviously, there's no details because mm, you know it's a story. Several, it's several years old, so why yeah. would you have all the details there? Uh, but he obviously said something uh, inappropriate, or and then didn't reinstate this officer. Yeah. So she obviously took that as retaliation. Um, and uh, yeah, I, well, I mean. In Leiden, maybe you need a certain, or anywhere for that matter, maybe you you need a certain percentage of registered voters to sign a petition. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but how long is that going to take you? In Leiden? Yeah. About an hour and a half. I was going to say. Yeah. Why is this taking so long? <laughs> Facing the same kind of supply chain crunch that has impacted other businesses, the Mass Lottery is looking into its options for dealing with a possible shortage of bet slips, including testing non-recycled paper to see if it could be used to fill the gap. You want to piss off uh, environmental activists? You start using non-recycled paper for your Mass Lottery bet slips. Oh, that'll drive them crazy. It's also another way to (coughs) push uh, the online use. That's exactly what they're doing. Of the lottery. Yeah. Uh, lottery Executive Director Michael Sweeney told the Lottery Commission on Tuesday mm. afternoon that a bet slip provider warned the lottery of potential delays with its next and future shipments. Since being notified, he said the lottery has reviewed its, its existing stock of bet slips and has begun to very strongly manage distribution of that inventory. Did you not have a manageable inventory? Well, they did, but it obviously was depleted. By the number of people buying lottery tickets. Uh, this is a direct quote from one of our bet slip providers. I've never seen this before. The paper company cannot fill my order, and they are not accepting new orders. And obviously, without them getting the raw supply of paper, they are having difficulty meeting the needs of the customers, like the Mass State Lottery. This does not have. The, this does have the potential to impact operations for Kino and other draw games. Oh boy! But like yeah. you said, they just go to the online thing. Yep. And uh, you'll be sitting pretty. Well, that's what they hope to do, but but it's not legal yet. No, but that probably will be the yes, springboard but, to uh, change that. I don't know that it's going, but I still don't know that that would be fast enough. I mean, if they've got a supply problem or they're looking at a potential supply problem right now, you know, obviously, look at how look at how long it's taken us to get a sports book up and running. Yeah, um, yeah, but are, are there any other states that are doing it, or is it just Massachusetts being a you know, like a single holdout? No, we might get it from a different yeah, vendor. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, you, if someone is the, the reason I'm asking is like exactly that. It's like if somebody else is managing, you know, uh, you know that kind of thing online lottery. Mm. Yeah, you know, then then no. they could probably manage ours as well, or would Massachusetts? have to find oh, things no. in their own yeah. way. Listen, We'd have to do it our way. It's already bad enough being stuck behind somebody in the line at a gas station. And I don't know why these clerks don't just say, go fill out the slip. But you got a guy doing his daily numbers, and he's it's like this lengthy, mm-hmm. uh, I'll take uh, seven, four, six, uh, all four eject, all four any in the combo, and, blah, 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 and he's loading up all these things. And it's the, the transaction is taking 
five minutes or more. Yeah, and your which is your ridiculous. ice cream is turning into soup it's, at that point. No, it's it, convenience stores are supposed to be about convenience. No, you go please. in, you pay for what you're getting, and you leave. Please, that's it, Steve. Next, next, you're going to be saying that. Express lines are supposed to be moving faster than the other register lines. They no, are. No, they're meant to express your anger yeah. when someone's got 17 items on the on the belt. Uh, no, it's all false advertising. It's all your, fake news. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be mostly sunny with a high of 65. Tomorrow more of the same with a high of 61. It's 49 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, uh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 851 and the Doobie Brothers on Rock 102. You know, if you got an axe to grind with somebody, Agawam may be just the place to do it. Yes, uh, Annalise Townsend is the owner of uh, the Agawam Axe House. She's been on our show before. She's got a great event coming up on Sunday, October 3rd. This Sunday, the Burn Battle, and she's on the phone with us right now. Good morning, Annalise. How you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? Very good. How's, yep. how's business? <laughs> it's busy, actually. Really? Except for that big E, yes. Yeah, well, oh, you know, but yeah. that's but that's that that ain't gonna last forever. Um, but uh, but you got a great event coming up this Sunday, uh, the Burn Battle. Tell us what that's all about. Yep, so in celebration of Mean Girls Day, which I'm sure you probably guys aren't that familiar with it, but October mm-hmm. third is Mean Girls Day, so we're having an all women's tournament where uh, each of the competitors has actually chosen their charity and they're raising pledges by number of bullseyes or number of clutches or number of wins to try and raise the most money for their chosen charity. See, I didn't realize it was a day. I thought just every day women could be mean. <laughs> for some women, that's true. but <laughs> yeah. Only women that talk to you, John. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, uh, you might have a point there. Uh, <laughs> so this is, a, I think you just said, this is uh, to benefit breast, breast cancer awareness? That's one of them. There's various. We have some of the... Uh, competitors chose Make-A-Wish. We have some other different uh, charities throughout Massachusetts as well as uh, larger, more you know, global charities like uh, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. But we're just trying to raise money for as many charities as we can. Now, this is a, a, a double elimination tournament, and, uh, and I, I assume that uh, there's, a, there's a limit on how many teams can participate, right? Yeah, we're we're maxing it out at 24, but uh, basically it is half of a league, which a league runs for eight weeks, so it's half a league, all the games in one day, and then the double, elim- double elimination tournament at the end. So the girls go through a grueling uh, 20-something matches throughout the day, and then we uh, wrap up with a winner at the end. So it's a great day. We definitely allow spectators, if you want to come along, we just ask for donations towards the charities, and uh and volunteers who want to come along and help. That is a grueling day. I'm looking at the uh, website right now, and there's something here called axegirls.tv. What is that? That's a YouTube series where we uh, actually have Axe Girls. A lot of them are at the Agawam Axe House, but we have Axe Girls in the U.K. and Canada. Some of them, uh, one of our girls is in Georgia. And each week we air episodes about what we've been up to, axe throwing and, and other adventures. So... They're our main sponsor. It's uh, I'm the host of it, but uh, you're the host. Worldwide. Yeah, you're the host worldwide. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's cool. That's very cool. First of all, I can't believe that there's a TV, uh, a YouTube channel dedicated to axe throwing. But 
our own axe-throwing woman from Agawam, Massachusetts, is the <laughs> worldwide host? Yeah, I started it. Um, we're in our third season right now. Wow. I it, uh, at the end of the pandemic. Well, I should say the end of the end of 2020. That's cool. That's very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Thank you. I had no that idea that you had so much uh, international experience. Well, you seem to be uh, <laughs> like a, just a have, normal girl who grew up in Agawam. Have you done? Yeah. Have you done some traveling? <laughs> I grew up in Australia, but uh, I've been in Agawam for a while. Yeah, you right. have been there for a while. So when are you getting rid of that Australian accent and start sounding like a feeding, <laughs> feeding hills girl? Thank God, no. I, I so if if someone wanted to, to register their team, is there a, a, a deadline to do so? Uh, it's actually not a team sport. It's an individual sport, so it's actually open to anybody. But, uh, yeah, you just go on the website, and you would probably – we ask that you sign up earlier rather than later so you can start getting some pledges and donations for your own chosen charity. But you can sign up anywhere until um, – the day before, so on the Saturday, um, probably around midday, because the night before we're having a Mean Girls screening of it, as you can imagine, at Poor Bar and Lounge in Feeding Hills. Nice. Cool. Okay, so mm-hmm. the, uh, the the uh, the website is agawamaxe.com, and that's where you sign up, right? Yep, agawamaxe.com forward slash burn battle, or if you go to axegirls.tv, the link's directly there as well. Excellent. Very good. Annalise Townsend from the Agawam Axe House, Main Street in Agawam. Good to talk to you, and best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day, guys. You too. It's uh, 856 of Bax and O'Brien, Rock 102.